Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Doom, Adam Schubert, and Julian Navarre. Special guest today is hip-hop artist, Trey Lewis. We got a lot to get into today, fellas, so, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, take it away, brother. Oh, and have an amazing day. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lennon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy Dewitz, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Big <laughs> is in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 132. I'm very hyped this week. I am ready to fucking pod. Like, I'm in it this week. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Doom. Doom, how you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. I, hey, I'm I'm letting you know for this episode, I got some shit to get off today. Hey, I'm with you. I got some I'm shit with to get you. Off. I'm I'm right there with you. So look, if <laughs> if if they got like I'm I'm being straight up that like if they got any Muslims that's not about to fuck with my takes. Look, I'm I'm I just gotta be honest. I gotta be honest, and I'm not talking about the Muslim religion. I'm talking about the black Muslims, the the, the nation. That's what I'm talking about because that Malcolm X doc got me fucked up. But we got some other things to talk about. We're going to start. Oh, and also we got a guest joining us on this pod, uh, Mr. Trey Lewis. We discussed his most recent project in his, just his year in 2019 because he killed it in 2019. And I'm ready to, see, ready to see what's going down in 2020. But we talked about his latest project, Straight to the House, and how it's going to be a series coming up. Super excited to discuss all that. And, and all his singles that he dropped in 2019. This was a really, really dope interview. And if you're a movie fan, then you're going to love this interview because me and Trey really, really chop it up. Shout out to Trey. You're going to hear that a little bit later in the show. But like me and Doom got to run through some shit as always. Doom, I'm starting off with this because... It's Valentine's Day this week, and uh, I wanted to I wanted to be like, look, do you like Valentine's Day? Do you celebrate that stuff with your girl? Uh, I mean, it's nothing crazy drawn out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, spend $500 taking her to the nicest restaurant in town. Like, I'm not doing all that. But I feel like you got to do something. You got Even if it's a small something, you got to do something. You know I what I mean? My girlfriend knows the first the first Valentine's Day before it even happened. The first one I told her, I was like, "Look, I do not celebrate Valentine's Day because it is a capitalist holiday. It's one hundred percent by the car companies to make money, and like this is just a, a promotion from the candy companies and all these other companies just to make money off of people who are looking for things to do in the year because of the span after Christmas. There's really nothing until St. Patrick's Day, if even, and this is just to give people that." Oh yeah, this will tide us over through the year. And I hate that. Like, I'm of the belief I show my girl I love her every day. Like, why I gotta do Valentine's Day? But I will say I I, I will have to get her like a candy or something. Cause like yeah. just like a little little candy, you know, just show my love and affection. Cause all girls love that shit. But I hate this holiday, bro. It's fake. It's so fake. Yeah, it is. And it, it annoyed me, but trying to explain all what you just said, even though it makes perfect sense. Trying to explain that to your lady, it's it's tough. So you it have is. to do at least See, a little I, something. I explained it just like that. She was like, all right, I guess. And like last year, she was cool with it. This year, she was like, you could at least just give me a candy. So like, I'm going to get a candy. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, nah, bro, that's a, I'm not going to do that with my children. Like, give them value. Like, nah, nigga. Like, I love y'all every day, nigga. <laughs> like, yeah. y'all. Don't stop yeah. tripping on this. Don't fall yeah, for the that, for the, that for shit. People. That shit be all good till she get on that Instagram and start clicking through them stories. All her <laughs> friends got some nice shit, nice ass dinner and shit. 
It sound cool till that happened. <laughs> nah, bro, cause it was just her birthday, and like I took it to the best restaurant in life. Low key, my favorite restaurant in life. Yeah, shout out to Pamplona, y'all niggas. Y'all go hard out here in these streets. See, wait. man, I can't, I can't wait till I'm back out there. You gotta put me on some of the spots, cause I feel like, like real shit. I grew up in Lafayette my entire life. Born in Lafayette, was there up until I was 23. But I went back recently, bro, and I felt like Lafayette was kind of on the come up. You know what I mean? Like I felt like it was it was a whole lot more shit than I remembered. You know what I mean? Like a lot of fire shit out there, out here now, for real, for real. But then, like when you're here for so long, it's like, damn, all the I I got all my fire spots, and like it gets like I'm kind of I'm kind of getting worn out, I guess I would say, of the Lafayette cuisine. So it's by, it's almost time to like maybe See, get to New Orleans. I don't you, know. You you say that though. I'm I'm telling you, bro. Like it's not. It's I felt the same way just because I was there all the time, and like when it's readily available to you, like it's it's the norm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you ever move from Southwest Louisiana, because even even up north in Louisiana, you just out of the Cajun country where they ain't oh, really got all the fire like shit. You know what I mean? But yeah. like me. In Vegas, bro, it's a fucking struggle, bro. Like I had to, I had to learn how to, to how make to fuck with the Mexican food, bro. Yeah. Like that's that's because it's a bunch of Mexicans out here, out west, like Cali, Nevada, all that shit. So yeah. they got fire ass Mexican food, but it's not, you know, it's not my kind of shit. So like when I when I want some etouffee or gumbo or something, I gotta cook that shit myself. That's the only time I really get it. You know what I mean? I, I guess I do take that shit for granted because I'm not gonna lie. When I went to when I I lived in Jackson, Mississippi for a year of college. When I went to Millsaps before I transferred over here, bro, horrible food, horrible. Each week it was miserable. Like it was like I'd go to the cafeteria, they'd have like some Cajun, bro. Anything that other states title is Cajun, stay away from it. Run from trash, it, bro. Like <laughs> I, I've from- hit I've hit every Cajun restaurant in Las Vegas, and they all garbage, bro. I have yet to find one. <laughs> Yo, there is got- one, though, that's pretty decent in California, though. If anybody ever in San Diego, Bud's Louisiana Cafe. Actually got some Yo, fresh. If y'all out there in, in Vegas, man, hook my, hook, hook my dude Doom up, man, if y'all got some fire Cajun cuisine. But if not, then y'all could just keep quiet. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, been, I've been searching for years, so if somebody <laughs> know, please let me know. <laughs> hit him up. All right, next up, we got to talk about Gail King because, like, the day we released last week's pod, we was kind of with the with the the we were at the be- the beginning of the storm before it like really blew up, blew up, and then like she gave her response. Oprah was saying she was getting death threats. She she basically blamed CBS and everything, and then Snoop ended up apologizing from a lot of people comments on what he said. He just basically said two wrongs don't make a right. I shouldn't have called you out your name and everything, but. Uh, we should talk about this privately. Basically, he didn't say he was wrong for what he said. He was wrong for how he said it. And Doom, how you feel about all of this? I, I see. I disagree with it. I like Snoop Energy. You know what I mean? Like, I hate where we at in society where I can't express how I feel because it might hurt your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't agree with that. Like, I feel like if she couldn't have the balls to go on national TV and do what she did. That's her job to accept whatever come after that. Cause you put it out there for the people to react, whether it's yeah. positive or negative. Like you know that not everybody gonna just fuck with everything you put out. You know what I mean? You hope that they do, but you know that that's not the the case all the time. So you can't be upset when you put something out there and people just reacting to it. And she should know that for somebody as loved as Kobe, that there was gonna be negative reaction. 
to the shit that she did. Like I feel like you that's that's the intention of what she did. Like when she oh, was I saying agree all that, that shit, she was intending to do that. That's why I said last up, week it was clickbait. You know I mean? It was yeah, clickbaity as like, hell. And I, see, I'm torn, Doom, because I agree with everything you said to a thousand percent. But then I think like, damn, would I call somebody grandmama the B word? I don't like that's what I think. But then at the same time, it's like Oprah and Gail King have been coming for black males for a long time now. And it's like, y'all not talking about nobody else. And like, don't get it twisted. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But like, Kobe is not, Kobe, like, he never got convicted of anything. Like, nothing. Whereas there's people like Harvey Weinstein who y'all won't talk about, but who y'all take pictures with. And then I even heard that, even, like, Gail King is defending, like, the man at ABC who she works with, who, like, she was caught defending him. And then Oprah's, like, uh, Oprah's, like, somebody close to Oprah's an alleged sex offender. So it's like, y'all not talking about the people close to y'all, but y'all gonna come tear down black men. So it's like, it's, yeah. it's I'm I'm but, torn, bro. I'm really torn. That's, that's the poli- who she with CBS. Uh, I believe so. That's that's like the politics of those type of corporations. Those companies they got relationships with the rich white men that they can be doing them specials on. So they're not trying to fuck up they they friends' reputation. They want to tear down the black men that they don't give a fuck about, and they put Gail out there because she's also black. She can. She can speak on that without the the initial like because if you know if they throw a white person in that R. Kelly situation, all the black people defending R. Kelly, that's it would still be wrong. Don't not I'm not saying that it's right, but you throw some old ass white lady in there just talking shit on you know a legendary musician's legacy. Black people gonna feel a certain way about it. So you put the black lady out there that do all the dirty shit. Like if you think that there wasn't like a pre production. Where they was like, okay, you got to attack this. You got to attack that. You got to make sure that this come up in this interview. Like, they plan all of that shit And see, I'm getting mad because I'm looking at, like, I'm looking at this article about, because I was trying to see if what happened, besides the Snoop Dogg apology, I was trying to see if Gail King said anything or what people are saying. And, like, I see so many, like, black women saying you got to stand with Gail. And it's like, okay, yeah, you could say Snoop, what Snoop said maybe been aggressive, but, like, her point was still wrong. Like, you can't transform this into a pity party for black women. I'm sorry. You yeah. can't transform this into that. Like, she was wrong. Like, just because Snoop should, and I and I, and I don't think Snoop should have called her the B word, but, like, she's still wrong. Like, we have to acknowledge that. We can't just forget that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big, I'm really big on what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. Because I see people making that angle like, oh, would you want somebody talking to your grandmother like that and oh, your mom like that? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. But if that was my mom up on TV, yeah, I would defend her in, in the public's view. But behind closed doors, I'm telling my mom like, yo, you fucked up. Like, that's not right. You know what I mean? Right is right. Wrong is wrong. That's just period to me. And I yeah, feel like you not- can't tell... You can't tell people how to react to something that you say. Like, if this you're is, not prepared for gross. the reaction, don't say it. You know what like I mean? This is, this is disgusting because it's like everybody's trying to turn this into a misogynistic thing. And it's like you're forgetting the fact that, like, what about Lisa Leslie? Like, y'all don't even think about other women. Like, you put Lisa Leslie through some shit that she probably she's grieving right now. Like, what about yeah. Kobe's wife? What about Kobe's 17-year-old daughter? But y'all don't give a fuck about them. We just gonna we just gonna just like brush over that and just like try to say, oh yeah, Snoop's being misogynistic. Oh, no. We gotta we gotta defend this this lady right now. No, she's fucking wrong. Yeah, bro. 
Fuck so it's that. like it's, I, it's, I can't defend that shit. Yeah, I can't defend it at all. But I will say, uh, I, I I I agree with Snoop's energy, but maybe not the B word. That's the only thing I'm gonna say. That's I it. agree with all that energy. If you <laughs> act like a bitch and I call you a bitch, you gotta just accept that. You gotta take that because she she knew like like bro, you can't apologize and. I can't remember who she I heard say apologize. it. That's it it the might have been, thing. yeah. That's that's the even crazier part. But I want to say it was Joe Button. But they was talking about, um, like when you do those interviews, bro. You have the footage. Like you don't have to give these niggas the footage of nothing that you don't want out. True. You know what I'm saying? Like that's she's not running a little fucking small time YouTube in her crib or something like. This is a big thing. Like, there's a lot of thought and strategy going into what they're doing. Like, it wasn't an accident that that was the clip they was running with. You know what I mean? Because when they started promoting this shit, there was a whole, like, and, and I don't know if anybody even watched the whole interview. Everybody just saw the clip. But there was a whole interview attached to that. You know what I mean? But that yeah. was the clip that they decided to, okay, this sure. is what's going to get the people going. And that right there is nasty. So, like, if... Snoop call you a bitch, I think it's justified. You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck how she feels about it or how, you know, she's a black woman. Like, that doesn't save you from being a fucked up person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm all for supporting black people, but just because you're black, I'm not going to let you get away with bullshit yeah. or just be no, out here true. moving nasty. Because in my eyes, all that's doing is hurting the bigger fight for black people. Because now that's that's our role in media mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta do that black shit that's tap dancing for the companies you know what i mean that's what they want you to do is like you they give her a job and i'm sure she gets compensated very well for what she does you know what i mean but yeah. they put her in a position where you you know you got these big nighttime prime time interviews on these big crazy topics they give you a bunch of money but they get you to force a certain narrative that they want you to push the one that's gonna get the ratings and make some like somebody that at that point in time he wasn't even in the ground yet bro yeah and bro, he's, he's trying just, to tear yeah, that man oh down like that's that's just it blows my mind that people do shit like that and then want to be offended when there's backlash like there's nothing you can tell me that would make me believe that she put that interview out there thinking that this was okay like i know that she felt nasty when it went out that it was just like ah, i gotta do this because it's my job and it's gonna get ratings but i know that she had to be like yo that was that was a little crazy like she had to but she put it out yeah. anyway so whatever niggas call her well I, I i don't care what name they got for her she deserve it because of what she did yeah, oof. yeah, it's a it's a damn shame. Like that was just it was disgusting all around. God, Gail King should not have done that. Like you just fucked up, man. You really fucked up. And like you need to acknowledge it. That's what fucks me up. Like you just you haven't acknowledged it yet. You just keep well, putting blame on other people. Exactly. That was that was my thing about her little apology is that she like denied that anything was wrong with it. I would have been cool with her saying, like, you know what? With the job that I have, like, it's my job to ask these tough questions. Yeah, she you could know even say like, that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, maybe I didn't agree with the questions that were asked, but I just had to ask it because it's my job to. And I'd have been like, you know what? You still fucked up, but I get it. You know what I mean? But she went and just denied that anything was nasty about it. That, you know, like, like, and when, um, 
Lisa Leslie basically told her, like, look, I think the media should just keep it where it was. Like, he nigga wasn't convicted of nothing. The case was dismissed. Like, leave that Let shit where it was leave, at. Yeah. You know what I mean? She tried to act like that she was all for that cause. Yeah, that and oozy. after the interview, she went and told a fucking company that, oh, no, we can't be doing that shit. Like, nah, it's- if you really felt like that, you would have never put the shit out. And then the, the thing that fucked that whole up, part out of that. What fucked me up is when she says, uh, "Well, Lisa, you're too close to the situation to to understand." I was like, "Whoa, oh my gosh, this, this Gail King is wild." And she tried to like like really bully her into saying some shit that she didn't want to say. That's the part that bothered me even more than the Kobe shit because I feel like like people gonna talk and say bullshit when when you get to. A, a level that Kobe's at. Like when you you at a point where pretty much there's not too many people on the face of the planet that don't know who you are, people gonna say what they say. You know what I mean? Like you can't help that kind of shit. But what pissed me off was that you can tell Lisa Leslie was hurting and she tried to like maneuver the convo to where she had no choice but to say something negative about him. Yeah. And that's the part I didn't like. Like Lisa already had her opinion on who she thought Kobe was as a man and he's gone so why are you trying to change the memory that she has of him yeah you know what I mean like why are you trying to change how she look at him as a man that's what's fucked up you know what I mean to me yeah no I agree I agree I agree 100 percent let's let's get to I want to ask you well real quick because I I I don't know what happened you you know what happened the situation so I'm gonna ask you uh, and what's up with this D-Wade stuff real quick Oh, man. So basically, he is accepting his son as his daughter now. Like, he's officially, like, initiated the trans process. Like, he's a a she now. And they changed his name to a female name. And now they they basically came out to everybody and told him, you know, this is is what it is. You know, which we kind of knew for a while. But now they're like, all right, this is for real. We committed to the idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And... I got so many problems with it, man. It kind of it kind of tie into the shit we was just talking about. Like, I think D Wade is seriously like with the way with how sensitive society is and the the figure that he is in society. I think he letting he letting outside opinions affect his decisions with his son. And I'm not saying that he's making the wrong decision. I just think with somebody as young as his son you should try to figure it out a little more. That's my thing. Because I, I think back to my 12-year-old mind, bro, and I wasn't even, like, nowhere near sexuality and shit. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I thought girls were pretty. You know what I mean? I might get nervous around the cute chick in the class and shit like that. But, like, outside of that, bro, like, I wasn't really in tune with my sexuality at 12. You know what I mean? It's it's tough, man, because it's like I'm not a parent, but so yeah, let me preface that with I'm not a parent. And my thing is it's like I, I and like you said, I don't think he's necessarily making the wrong choice because if that's how your child feels, then like you gotta support him. Cause like I don't want my child to be like 18 years old and going and going crazy and feel like they can't talk to me because I didn't support them or or like even worse, because some people get to suicide. So it's not that, it's just maybe. And, pe- and people might not like this, but, like, not everything has to be publicized. You know what I mean? Like, why can't this person go through this and try to figure it out without? Because 
now every podcast talking about it. Everybody's criticizing, giving their opinion on it. Like, if this is what your daughter wants to do, then I don't necessarily think you got to broadcast it to everybody. But then some people might say you're helping other families. It's who I don't know, Doom. I don't know with this one. See, I just think that even outside of the transsexual conversation, outside of like just that topic in general, I think it should more so be focusing on his son. And you're right, like not having it as public as it is should be top priority. But two, I would honestly try to figure out like, because in my mind, there's no convincing me that you know at that age. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. just don't think that you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could just be somebody, like, influencing him at this one point in time of his life where, you know what I mean? Because when I was 12, bro, I had, like, you just saying, just figure it. you just saying, like, make sure, like, this is what, like, this is this what it is and we're going to handle it from here. Yeah, bro, because that's, that's a permanent change. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's like, something that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life and not saying that he's not sure of his decision. Cause I don't know, like I, I'm not with him every day. I don't, you know, I don't, obviously yeah. I don't have the conversations that him and Gabrielle have with him, but like at 12 years old, bro, I would listen to a fucking Boosie and Webby song and would swear to God, I was going to grow up to be a gangster. You know what I mean? And had, and in my brain, nothing was wrong with that. You know what I mean? I like I thought about. I was for real about to go rob niggas and shoot shit up. <laughs> Listening to a Boosie song. So I don't I don't I don't think you should just like, in my opinion, like he's still a child. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like to put it in perspective, bro, this dude has another 10 years before he can even buy cigarettes and alcohol. But we gonna let him decide he wanna chop his shit off and be a woman? Like that's like an insane decision to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then some people he's say he's not me, gonna even be sexually active if he's at a normal pace for at least another five years. Let me pose the counter. Wait. Let me pose the counter just because I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Some people say you're born that way, and and some people believe that, and that's that's the growing theory. And I agree with you in the sense of it's too early to make to do a surgery of that magnitude. But if if the if he feels or if she feels that this is the situation where she's she's born and she understands that like she's like nah this is what I am then we build to that you know what I mean I wouldn't do it I agree with you one hundred we're not doing this at twelve or eleven like I'm not giving you a surgery that age but like I'll accept who you who you are as a person and then when it gets to like time for you to go to college we'll do the surgery and get you where you need to go and and show you that i support you 100 percent. but we just you got to build to that i i agree with you i don't think you you have a surgery at 12 but i do think if like nah i'm born this way this how you this i'm 100 I'm with this then we'll we'll i'll support you and we'll build to that you know what i mean yeah and i and i could be wrong i could be just not informed enough but from my understanding like when you go through that you make that decision they start putting you on these pills and stuff that change your hormones and kind of prep you for it. Like, it's not just a, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor next week and they, no, <laughs> they no, no, chop my process. shit off. Like, they, it's, it's drawn out over years. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole process. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that they made the decision that they're starting that process. And mm -hmm. it's just like, in my mind, from what I understand, once you start it, it's it's pretty much like okay you gotta commit because once you on these fucking hormones and shit for 
months and years, like it's kind of tough to just reverse it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just don't like. I feel like at least me. Like I'm, I'm trying to think back to like my 12 year old mindset, and I just don't think anything of that magnitude was even crossing my mind at 12. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't even, I can't even comprehend that. You know what I'm no, saying? I, and like, look, I agree with you. And the only thing I'll say is maybe that's just because that's that's how we were scientifically programmed. You know, and, and not programmed in the sense of other things. Maybe that's just how our brains were wired. You know what I mean? And yeah. it could be that just his hers is wired differently. And I'm I'm not gonna like like I said I'm not gonna because I'm not a parent. I I can't say if I'm I can make that choice today, but I would support you. But I just think like you said because it's a process. We got to start that process once you've developed more or once your brain has developed more. Right. That and that and that's that's all I really got on it. I, I just cuz sure. I didn't know what ha- I didn't know what happened and I just wanted to see what was up, but I do got something I'm hot about. Yo, this Cap situation. Why Cap not playing for the XFL? Man, he him, bro. He's a pro- he is now a social activist. Uh he one of them people that just make money off of social activism. I got I, I got two two sides of the coin. So, on one side, I agree with what he's doing. And I th- I think I need the details too, because I believe what the XFL said was he asked for like an mil. exorbitant amount of money. They don't have they don't have a meal to give nobody. Like Facts. that's the thing. They gotta give everybody like five the most he could get is half a meal. Bro, I looked it up. They getting paid like the average working wage. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. No, this, not, this this yeah. shit equate to like twenty dollars an hour out there. Yeah. They getting fucked up for twenty dollars an hour. You know what I mean? Like, which is nuts to me. There's no way I'm playing professional football. For but they're trying to live their dream. And if they show out, like, this league could grow. And that's my thing. Like, if Cap played and he balled, you don't realize the next time, like, they re-up their deal, which is in, like, a couple of years. is in, like, two years, one year, something like that. Like, it's not a long contract with these TV companies. He could request more money if he does the right, like, and if he balls out, the the NFL has no choice but to, like, I felt the same thing with the Canadian Football League. It's it's either pride, or you just don't, or you just don't want to play no more. Yeah, I think I think it's he feels like he is he needs to be compensated for the value that he brings. Because if he was just cap without the kneeling situation, oh, I'm a hundred percent certain he would be playing in the XFL, CFL, whatever league offered him the best situation. He'd be playing. Like I don't think it's the I don't think is that he doesn't want to play football. I think that he has a team of people and he also has the understanding that they know, okay, nigga, if you step out on that field, the whole country is watching. This league is going to make millions of dollars every week just from you being on the field. It don't even matter if they lose every fucking game. People want to see what what Cap doing. You know what I mean? He yeah. like think about it, bro. Cap been out the league for how long, bro? Like it's been what three, four years since Cap played? Maybe it's longer a while. than that. It, yeah, no, it's been a it's been a long minute. So, bro, and, and, there's active NFL players that we don't even bring their fucking name up. Cap is always in the headlines, bro. Like Cap understands that his name alone is like marketing power. He's worth. Maybe not fifty mil. That that the number you said, fifty mil. That's what he, he asked for. He asked for forty. Okay. Well, maybe maybe not forty, but he for damn show is. Bro, Patrick Mahomes not getting forty. I'm not paying. Yeah. I'm not paying that nigga forty. Yeah. 
Like he tri- like Dak Prescott but, is now trying to hold out for 35. Like but, I'm not no, bro. You got to put in perspective though. You got to put in perspective. Think about the fact that the XFL, they know, okay, nigga, when when the average consumer is just sitting at home, they're going to turn this shit on with the expectation that it is low-level football. Facts. At the end of the day, they're a business competing with another business in the same market. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to either reach the NFL's level or surpass the NFL. And Cap knows that. If he plays for the XFL, he done boosted them way further than they was going to be in that little journey to get to NFL level. He done pushed that shit two, three hundred percent ahead of where they, they are now. You know what I mean? Because, like, they got some talent. Like, I actually watched most of the... Yeah, episodes. no, it was, it was some fun... It was a little fun time watching. Yeah, like, they, they got some talent. Don't get me wrong. But they don't have that person. Like, you know when, when it's Sunday, like... Yeah, they don't have a star. When, you, when your team not playing, you're going to still turn on the fucking Jaguars game to see Leonard Fournette, even though they ass. And you know what I'm saying? That's not your team. Yeah. You want to see Leonard because that's somebody you know is going to do some shit. You gonna want to you know always want the Sean Watson, the Lamar Jacksons, no fact. Exactly, exactly. Those type of niggas. Like that's what the XFL is missing. If and Cap, Cap goes, that. bro, their ratings jump up like crazy. I, I say, I say, even like 10, 20 times what they did opening week. But that's and it got a it got a good reception, and that's that's money though. Cap realized that that alone is not just the initial. Like, okay, this is how much money we get out of the situation for you know okay but at that point that let me let me counter that real quick because at this moment in time they don't have that money so they would have to have him play to end up making that money and that's why my thing bet on yourself for the first year and when the re-up come get your bread nigga well you can't get it right now because they're not worth that that but see this is this is the thing though who's to say he don't take a one-year deal for 50K and fucking have a career-ending injury. And now that shit was off for nothing. You, you, done, you done boosted the XFL up. Now now we, we done got the niggas watching. Now they say, okay, we was watching Cap this whole year. We invested in the teams now. We actually realized, like, oh, hey, this XFL shit actually not that bad. Now going forward, because the XFL is only on a three-year contract. So they they're locked in for the next three years. They either succeed in three years or they don't. Yeah. Cap Cap noticed the XFL need him more than he need them. In my opinion, that's true. Because no, I feel he, like that, if he if he if he turn this shit down, you just talking about from the aspect of just the desire to play football. Yeah, I don't. I, but yeah, yeah, that's it. But I think because I, I agree with you on that point, like. He is definitely, they need him more than he needs them. Because like I said, he making his Nike shoes selling out and like he making money. That's not the, my whole point of bringing this up was just about the desire to play football. I think, but I, I, I think he has the desire. It's just when you know that him even suiting up and stepping on the field is worth millions, if not billions in the long term. He's not going to play knowing that he's bringing that value and then you get 50k back you know what i mean like it's just not it, it's like if you go to work and you but know that the nigga working you, next to you making I get that, but then $50 how you ever, an hour how you ever expect to get it you'll never like 
so you just say F it and I'm just gonna just w- keep waiting. Like you're like the NFL seems like they have no desire to bring you. You said you're not playing Canadian football, so then you're just done. Let's yeah. just say you're I, done. Because I, I think it's I think it's a leverage thing though. I think he wanna play football, he just in a fucked up spot. Like I think he he kinda at this point where it's like, okay, I've started a fight. You know what I mean? Even though it was like social it was it was social equality, a whole different fight. But now he's like, okay. I gotta, I gotta keep this fight up. Like I know my worth. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you know that you providing a, a service that's worth millions of dollars, just because you know what I'm saying, you like, 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 all right, for me, if I know that I can make a beat and sell it for a thousand dollars, I love making music, but I'm not gonna just sit here and make it for free when I know that that music is making you millions of dollars mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's I what think it that's what, i yeah. think is this i oh, i agree with that point as well it's just that what well, you just have to realize you're not gonna play football no more yeah okay well then yeah as long I, as I, I i think he's gotten to a point where he accepted that part of it though where he like they gotta do it on my terms or i'm not playing uh-uh. you know what i mean like i i think he's realized that all right, well then, then we on the same page. Then we cool. Then. That's all I just, I just yeah. want to make sure that was like, yeah, word, one hundred percent. Well, we got to get into music now. All right, Doom, let's talk about this before we get into Brent's album. Brent Fires dropped the album, and I know you definitely want to talk about that. But how do you feel about this whole J Electronica album? Is now going to be a Watch the Throne type with just mostly him and Jay Z songs? Do you think this is happening? I hope so. <laughs> I'm a. Hey, I'm down for anything. With Jay on it. If Jay is on it, I'm in. So. See, I kind of think this is definitely happening because of how many people were tweeting about it and the fact that, like, if Jay-Z is doing, like, a Watch the Throne with Jay elect that could probably be the only reason why Jay elect putting out an album. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I'm here for it. I don't see why people, like, you know, like, there's, like, a discussion on um, the fact that he, he never dropped nothing in forever and how having a debut album with Jay-Z is you know, a, a cheat code and he don't deserve a Jay-Z collab album and all this other shit. I don't give a fuck about none of that. You give me fucking Watch the Throne 2, regardless if they actually name it that or not, like, just another project with Jay in that kind of bag, and I'm in. I don't give a fuck yeah. how it comes to me. Like, if Jay-Z is on another album talking that kind of shit and that kind of vibe, I'm all the way in. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hating on that perspective, like you said. And the funny thing is, I met Jay Electronica and I was I was like, yo, you wanna come on the pod? He was like, you know I'll be doing interviews. And he was like, but look, and I, I look, I'm not gonna say what he said, but just know maybe it might happen soon now, nah, because he's dropping music. So who knows? But just know I met him. But my thing is this I'm not upset that he got a, a J album for his debut or anything like that. I'm not upset about any of that. I think it's more so if this is not good from you. You lose that spot that we had you at. Yeah. And it's uh, like we could, we, it was like exhibit A, B, C are so great that it was like, yo, this dude's this God tier rapper, but we never had an album to really back that up. And if this album's not fire, it's going to be like, maybe you should have just not put nothing out. You could have just kept being this, this mythical urban legend. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it, it all depends on how much he care about that aspect of it, but to me, the, just the fact that he ain't been dropping nothing let me know he don't really care that much about it. No, like, not so at all. I, I would, I'm pretty sure he was. I would he, drop it. Is he married to a Rothschild still, or was he? 
If he was, he got that. He got that money. Like he living yeah. life. Like he, yeah, bro. I, I didn't even know that. If that was if that's wait, you didn't know that? I never knew that. Hold on, I'm googling. Like that's a that's a fact. Watch Jay Rothschild, Jay Electronica married. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. So he had a child with Erica Badu, and that was born in 2009, 2012. Electronica had been having an affair with music manager Keith Rothschild, and then ended, ended up marrying her. Let me see if he's still married to her. Is he still? I don't think he's still married to her, but he was. Shit. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, that, that nigga winning in life. You yeah. Jay Z album and Mary Rothschild, you, you, you up. <laughs> you doing exactly. good. <laughs> exactly. Like, this dude was married to one of the oldest, richest families in, in the world. So, yeah, Jay Electronica done seen some shit. I hope he's talking that shit on that album, too. Like, I'm, like make me a little scared, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit like you don't have to tell me too much but just start talking the hieroglyphics and parnalyphics yeah hey i'm I'm here for it bro i'm telling you i can't wait i can't wait bro they're they're burning bodies and doing bodies like give, give it to me like let right. me know a little bit like let me get I a little scared that. yeah I need that. <laughs> oh shit all right but let's jump into brent's album man you were you told me about it because i didn't even know it was dropping what'd you think fire bro he delivered he delivered mm. man I, and that was my biggest fear was that it was gonna be so hyped and that it wasn't gonna live up to the hype because my my one biggest complaint with the other two projects because he had the uh the the his actual project i think it was yeah, so Son. i was about to say i like this one more than Sanderson. and uh he also had the the album with the group sonder and that well, I thought you were talking about the lost uh well both that too but yeah uh this this project was better than everything that came before it like it was more complete that was my complaints with the other two was that they they didn't flow all the way through right like he had the hard ass songs where you like yo this nigga is amazing and then there was a bunch of filler on it you know what i mean but this one it was complete all the way through there was maybe like one or two tracks where i was like all right this one not a banger banger but it's still good music you know what i mean yeah i never had a skip of, I, I agree with that like it i like the album 100 percent. now did the song were all the songs like amazing no but did they have anything that i would skip no so that that i gotta like he had like some s tier songs but then he had a and b tier as well but he never had c straight mid tier you know what i mean like yeah. it was he had like hits he had quality, and then he had like some just goods, but he never had some. All right, this is average. Yeah, bro, that that been away song is Ooh, fire. Crazy, yeah, no, I love crazy. that shit. I love the single singles that he dropped. Uh, summer in London, fuck the world, and then rehab and winter in Paris. I love those two songs. I like the intro skyline a lot, like yeah. uh, a whole lot. And I, which one? Which one is that? I I, I like bluffing. Yeah, bluffing was hard. They they all was hard. Like I think the only one that I didn't really fuck with too heavy is the last two. Mm, Lost Kids gets me. Yeah, I didn't like Lost Kids get money. I didn't mind the outro, but yeah, Lost Kids got money was probably the the good song I was talking about. Like the right right above mid. Yeah, and I mean if I if I had to just complain about something just to do it because it's kind of hard to with this album, I would say the only thing is is that like. The hardest songs on the project, we had been sitting with them for months before yeah, the true. album. So fuck it was kind of like, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, Summer in London and Winter in Paris had already dropped before the, like, long before the project. Yeah, I've been dreaming them things for a minute. So it was just like, all right, the two hardest songs on here, I'm, I don't already wore them bitches out. Like, 
literally had them bitches on repeat for months already. You know what I'm saying? I was kind of hoping for, you know, something fresh, which he did. He did come through with that Ben Away because that's my new shit. Like, yeah, that's that it's hard, bro. Ben Away is hard shit. I like Clouded too. Yeah, they, they he he did that with his album, bro. Definitely lived up to the hype. If I had to rate it, nine point five out of ten, bro. And the only reason why is that that point five get taken away because, like I said, the two hardest songs we had sat with him for so long already. If I was giving it a rating, I'd give it a nine, solid nine. Like it's an A. It's still an A. It's just a nine. Yeah, and but I mean, I, I rate it. Yeah, I I rate it so high just because like I feel like new artists don't do this no more. You know what I mean? That's where they like put in a lot of effort into a project. Like you could see the the effort that went into it. Yeah, no, I agree with that one hundred percent. It's part of the thing. Like this album, the Tonight Show with Currency. When I want to get in my rap bag, Trey Lewis on it because like I've been in, getting in that vibe with him. Uh, the Russ album, and then the Marky Bossy Deluxe thing that I've been. That's all I've been jamming. And Luke James, like that's it. Like. And shout out to uh, Brent Fires. That shit was hard. You got any any uh, artists you want to just shout out that people may not know that you're trying to throw them like, yo, I fuck with these people. Not to put you on blast because we didn't talk about this before, but we always say we're going to do this and I always forget. I do have one. Let me see if I can find her name real quick. Okay, do your thing. I'm going to give mine while you look. Ain't no thing. Let me pull up because, okay, so, all right, let's see who we got here. I'm going to show some love. Of course, y'all should check out Trey Lewis because we do a dope interview and he he has some dope work. Uh, definitely check him out. But I want to show some love to Old Spanish out of Baton Rouge. Old Spanish in the gang. Uh, let me see. Uh, the Colt 45 Entertainment. They're about to drop a new project on February 15th, I believe it is. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think they're okay. Yeah. And they dropped the single Barcelona which is super, super hard. I really fuck with that track. Shout out to Old Spanish uh, and 45, the fellas. Yeah, Cold 45 Entertainment. They're dropping the project on the 15th. Yeah, don't make fun of us. The marketing game for this has been very intelligent. They've been doing like a lot of cool stuff marketing-wise, and I can't wait to get these dudes on the podcast. So be sure to check out the project on the 15th, but check out the single Barcelona out now. So that's that's what I'm shouting out, Old Spanish. That's a bet. And, uh, and the artist I want to shout out, man, her name is Coca Nina. She's mm. from Toronto. Okay. Her IG is Coconina5. So if y'all trying to follow her, that definitely would be a good follow because she's bad as fuck. But <laughs> that's not that's not the point. She actually got some hard-ass music, bro. Like, <coughs> she probably the most polished underground artist I heard in a while. And I don't even know really? how I stumbled upon her. But, like, she sound mainstream ready. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to her okay. music and I'm like, yo, this shit sound... Like, it's ready to go on the radio. You know what I mean? Like, ready to just hit the Take charts. Off. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people, like, you can tell that she just kind of, you know, she probably just hit in a local studio somewhere back where she stayed. But, like, it sound good, bro. Like, she actually, if she was to get signed or go crazy or have to go up tomorrow, it wouldn't be that much artist development left. Because she got the whole, like, the look is down. The sound is down. She is nice. And she got a she got an EP dropping on uh Valentine's Day. Real. So some new music all around. Shout out to and it's Coconina, right? Coconina. Yep. Yeah, sh- shout out to Coconina. Shout out to Old Spanish. We're gonna we're gonna make sure we do this every week. It's just me and Doom. Be, I, it's on me. I just be forgetting sometimes. But we're gonna we gonna make sure we do this every time to show some love to the artists that we think are out there really grinding hard and putting out dope music. So Doom, you saw uh before we get into our 
our relationship questions this week. We got two to finish up. You saw Amber Rose got a face tab, bro? No, I didn't. Bro, why she did that to herself? And she's I'm saying that, face like, face. she's saying that it's all about inner beauty, and that's all cool and everything. And, yes, it, it shouldn't be about your appearance, but, dog, yo, that that is just ridiculous. Like, she just, and, and, and I know that's not my face, and I can't tell a woman what to do, but, like, that was kind of a mistake. Like, that was a, like, I think face tats, like, I think this for men, I think this for women, face tats are fucking stupid. Like, yeah, they are. They're fucking it's dumb. Like, I feel like anybody that get a face tat is like they go into the the extreme level of attention seeking. That's and no no disrespect to nobody with a face tat. I'm sure some somebody listening to this podcast got a face tat, but I I just don't see the purpose for it. Me like it don't you know what I mean? Like I feel like if you get a face tat, it's literally so people can look at you like, oh shit, this nigga gotta, is yeah. next level. You know what I mean? Bro, my like, thing is like, look at famous Dex, bro. He got too many on his face. Like, what is he doing? If rap does not work, which it's not working right now for him, he's not gonna be able to do shit. And imagine being sixty years old, all wrinkly with face. Bro, hell no, hell to the fuck no. My kids gonna see me with face tats. You clowning? <laughs> you yeah, fucking clowning. She- she, she going crazy. I just, <laughs> just the looked at her. crazy, bro. That shit is she nuts. <laughs> like, what is that? But uh, hey, can't tell you how to live your life. I just wouldn't do that shit. Yeah. She just, uh, everything she do is attention seeking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like her whole thing. Uh, her name like, had been uh, in the media for a while, and it just seems like this was that. Hey, uh, I'm still here. I remember when she first came out with the little slut walk thing, and she was trying to get all these women uh embrace being a hoe and stop letting men tell you what you can't do like yo that shit is not the move you know what i'm saying like and and if you want to do whatever you want to do with your sex life is up to you but i feel like the the publicizing it part is what's crazy like that shit is just nuts to me but the the face tat shit falls straight in line with all that it's just to get people to look at you and say shit and be talked about like man that's that shit is whack yeah, no, that was that. Look, I don't agree with that face test. She clowning. She just, she is clowning. But let's get into relationships. So, Doom, I got a couple questions. One that I said on the radio that I really couldn't dive into, and I don't think the the public understood what I meant. So, I'm here to dive into it here. I'm gonna ask you this question, and what does this mean to you? Does a person's number stop you from pursuing them romantically? What am I asking? Like they body count, right? Yes, thank you. Okay, like people, people on the on the radios, Facebook did not know what the shit I was talking. There was, oh, was number, and then I changed it to body count. There was like murder, and I was like, oh god, y'all, not a lot of y'all are millennials because this is this is a one hundred yeah, millennial term. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it fucked me up. I was like, whoa, bro. Like, am I shoot or shoot? I thought that was a damn good question, <laughs> but like, this was a miss. <laughs> yeah, I was like, my god. But yeah, no, I want to ask. Does a person's body count stop you from pursuing them romantically? Oh, uh, I think yes and no. Like, okay. yes, because if I knew the body count, then it would kind of, you know, it would it would shape an opinion. Like, I, I think a person would be lying if they said that it wouldn't. You know what no, I mean? I... But no, because I feel like, especially at, like, the, the age we approaching, like, bro, <laughs> I don't know about you, but... I'm approaching 30. You know what I mean? So I feel like anybody who I'm trying to be involved with is they you at an age where it's like uh, you've been involved with people. Like it's not like yeah. back when we well, was I'm in high five, school. I got 
You know what I mean? Like, but I feel when you, like, when you in high school, it's like, yo, you you did what? Like, that's crazy. But it's like, yo, we we grown as people. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's all about mindset to me. Like, I, I I do believe that you know if if let's say I was single and I met a woman that was active. You know what I mean? Like in the streets for real Let me with give it. You a number. Let me give you a number. Cause okay. <laughs> I was trying to think of the number that would turn me away. Fifty bodies. Ooh, man. <laughs> that's that's tough. That's, yeah, that's tough. Fifty bodies is nuts to me. That yeah, that's tough, bro. <laughs> I don't even have fifty bodies. That's what I'm saying, bro. Cause I, I think about me, especially like when I was out here, bro. I was walling. And mm-hmm. I'm not even at 50. So it's like, I'm yo, saying. you at 50. But what's what's even more crazy about that is they got people out here oh, that's, yeah. they got 50 bodies. Easy. That, that they got might be bodies. crushing that number. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they got and it's not to say that they wouldn't make a good partner, bro. Because, like, I, actually, I was listening to somebody talk about something similar to this. And I, I actually got a, a different question for you. And okay. we, we both in relationships, so I, I definitely want to see your perspective on this. But right. there was a guy, he was a he was a gay dude, right? And he was giving advice to women. He was saying women need to be more open to letting their men have hall passes. You know mm. what I mean? He was saying how that men separate like their sex life and who they actually love and care about. And like, I was listening to him kind of deep dive on that and explain it. And I was thinking like, yo, he might actually have a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I never thought about it like that because I try to be a good nigga and do the right thing. Like the relationship I'm currently in, it's been long term. We over two years, probably close to three now. You know what I mean? And I've never cheated. You know what I mean? Not once, not even came close you know what i'm saying but i feel you i do feel like and i I hope she don't listen to this goddamn episode (laughs) i do feel like if i was to (laughs) if i was to step outside of the relationship and do something that it wouldn't affect my relationship and the goals that i'm trying to achieve with her like i feel like that is completely separate from like my sexual drive you know what i'm saying like if that I, makes sense, like I, no, what you I, what you building with your girl is like if if I was to go and do something with another female, it would not take away from anything mean, that was yeah. going on with what we got going together. You know I what agree mean? with that, but I'm accounting this for the ladies because I I agree with that. But my thought process is I wouldn't want her to do that shit. Well, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to follow up with. The only reason. I would never even propose that idea is because I can be man enough and keep it a bean with myself yeah, to know that if the coin was flipped the other way, I'd be hurt. Oh, as it'd hell. be some problems. Yeah, <laughs> it would be facts. some problems. Ain't ain't no other nigga come and just smash no. my girl and she come back to the crib like everything all good. Like that just wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? So I can't be hypocritical and, and think like that, but he was breaking it down in a way where he was explaining, you know, how for men is different. And I, I do I do believe that. You know what I'm saying? Because he was saying how he's a gay man and he has a boyfriend and him and his boyfriend, they're like 
really successful in what they do in their careers and stuff like that. And they have side pieces. They, they, they really enjoy each other's time. They love each other and shit like that. But they still like live their life. They know that they come together because it's a wise business decision for them to be together. Like they combine resources and shit and they, they build in together and they, you know, they successful as fuck. But he know that, you know, like it, it don't bother him that his dude go on a trip to Miami and turn up for the weekend and he got some top, you know what I mean? Like he, he, Ooh, that ain't got nothing to do with him and the <laughs> that, same vice versa. Like, and I could see how different that strokes for different folks. Exactly. I could see how that type of shit would be beneficial. And I wish that I could set aside my emotions to yeah. allow myself to be in that. But I don't think that I could. I, no, I me neither. Myself, I don't think that I could. Fuck no, bro. I'm the type like, bro, if like, for example, okay, so, but this, see, I think this qualifies this. So me and my girl was in the club, right? She tapped me, and, and mind you, so this dude that, like, used to stalk her was in the club, or was was in the club, yeah. I thought this nigga that, like, tried to talk, tried to tap her to tell her something was that dude. And my ass went off, and she was like, no, that's not the dude, that's not the dude. And I was like, well, how was I supposed to know you made it seem like him? And she was like, no, I told you the wrong person. Like, miscommunication. Yeah. I, but see, I got mad about that shit because, like, I'm not about to, like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what are we yeah. doing here? You just yeah. talk my bitch. Like, see, and, like, even you can have dude friends. I'm cool with it. You can you can go out with your girlfriend and have, like, a guy friend. I'm cool. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not that insecure. But, like, for example, somebody that, like, didn't have any tensions about this and he, I'm not going to say what he was or who he was or anything like that, but he was someone close to, like, the family in a sense. And he was, like, just rubbing her shoulder a little too hard, a little too much. And I was like, yo, what this nigga doing? But see, yeah, like, that type nah. of shit. Yeah, like, that shit not yeah, cool. Nah. And that's why if if I'm insecure about just touching somebody's shoulder, I already know I can't. Nah, bro, you, yeah. you suck the nigga dick. Oh, yeah, I, see, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent, though. I'm with you a thousand percent. I ain't disagreeing with nothing you saying. Because I know, like, there was a situation with my girl when we first got together. Because... When we first got together, bro, like I've been in prior relationships where it was like those toxic ass, like super jealous situations, like <laughs> niggas checking your phone and constantly refreshing your social media to see it what you're doing, really who you're talking to. Like that type help. of shit is miserable, bro. Yeah, miserable. It is. So it is. I made the conscious decision, like, and since my relationship before my girl now, like I had like you know, years in between. Like, it wasn't, you know, I went through a point where I was like, all right, that relationship shit ain't for me. You know what I mean? Like, I it's just wasn't interested in fucking with no girl long term. Like, I wasn't, that just wasn't on my mind. You know what I'm saying? But when I met my current girl, we kind of just on accident got together. Like, we just started kicking it. Shit started going the right way. And it was like, all right, I don't know if I could just let her go. You know what I'm saying? So the shit just yeah. kind of happened. So when it did, I made the conscious effort to like, all right, I don't want to bring none of that toxic shit into this situation. Facts, you know what no I'm saying? But there was a dude that pretty much she'd been knowing since like middle school or some crazy shit. But apparently the nigga like admitted to her in like high school that 
he had feelings for and shit and you know that that kind of situation yeah no i love you but she 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 told a nigga like nah i don't i don't see you like that i don't fuck with you like that but we too cool to just stop talking you know what i'm saying so they still was friends type shit mm-hmm. once we got to the point where it was like i right, we we go together I was like, all right, this shit gotta, <laughs> it gotta, <laughs> it gotta cut, bro. Like, this, I, I, I get it, that's your partner and shit, but you, you got a decision to make, cause I ain't comfortable with that. Yeah, but I, I can admit that I'm one of them niggas though, and I told her that from the jump. Like, I was just like, yo, that's, this is just how I am. You know what I mean? Like, it's either you respect it or I, I gotta bounce. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't well, respect it, that's, that's cool. But I just, I'm not comfortable with that. You know what no, I'm saying? I'm with you. Like they might say that, like we got insecurities, but I know I do. Like I can't. I yeah, just can't. I'll, I'll wear I'm that. Ch- son. I'll I- tell. Like she'll she'll try to. You know, like she'll get frustrated with me bringing certain shit up. Or in the past, she would. Like it's not an issue no more. But like she would say that. Like yo, you can't you can't be insecure like that. And you know, like try to say it in a way to make me feel like damn, I'm I'm tripping. But I just tell her straight up. Like nah, I wear that. I'm insecure. Yeah. Fuck that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if that's what you want to call it, I'm cool with it. I'm trying to sleep at night. Like, I'm I'm trying to get sleep in peace. I got too much shit I'm worried about to be thinking, damn, is my bitch sucking this nigga dick? Is my bitch fucking? Like, that's too, because then I'm going to be fully consumed with that. And then it's going to be like other shit in my life is just falling apart. And I'm not trying to have that. I'm not trying to have that. Cause exactly. I get I get sad. Like if you hurt me, I'm exactly. gonna be sad. Like, exactly. And then they don't realize that when you're trying to do all of these things, especially like like niggas like me and you, that's like we working. We got a regular job, but we working for shit outside of that. Like we facts. trying to build our own shit, and that shit take time. You got to put time into that shit. Late nights, like right now, what it is like? What three in the morning for you? Yeah, <laughs> damn near. You know what I mean? Like we be doing shit, bro. If I was to find out that some shit was going down like that, I'd be so fucked up. It ain't no way I'm doing all this extra shit. That's what I'm you know saying. What I mean? it'd, be like, it'd be I'd some be sad fucking up. podcast. I'd be in the motherfucking fetal position in my bed, crying like a motherfucker, bro. Like yeah. I'd be hurt. No, you know what I'm saying? Bags. I got a, I got a score on my hand from punching yeah, a window. Like I know how but it I, is. Like I can keep it a beam with myself. That's the difference. Like I feel like a lot of niggas gotta reach that point. Like they gotta be honest with themselves. They gotta <laughs> they gotta hit that point where they they let go of that little tough guy, manly, hey, masculine like shit him. all the time, bro, and admit like, yo, this is I got I got feelings invested in this situation. Act, like yeah, there's like, nothing wrong with saying that. I'm not going to be hard body, and then you just go do like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And then when she do something, you hurt. Nah, nigga, tell her how you feel. Like, I'm, I'm a proponent of communication. Yeah. You got to communicate. Actually, bro, now that, now that we talking about this, to go back to your first question, the body count definitely affects me going into it. Because I feel like if your body count is high, that means it's a higher probability that you just out here. You know what I mean? That's true. Look, man, I, I, I'll i say this. It's like, if I fall for you, I fall for you. But like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to the audience. If I find out your body count is over, let me see what's a, a number that's like crazy. Over 20, it's going to be rough for me. It's going to be rough. I'm not going to even lie. It's going to be rough for me. Real spill, though, I was, I was messing with a chick not long after high school that I found out after we had been kicking it for a minute. And I was like, feeling her like we wasn't we didn't go together or nothing like that but it's like i was feeling her like i was actually like yo we we going out on dates and shit like we 
we kicking it. And I found out that she was kind of out here and I cut it. Like I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. You know what I mean? And and granted, I was in a different headspace back yeah, then. Fact, like, I fact, was actually fact. younger, but like I think now it will be I would probably be less harsh on the situation. And I also feel like it's totally different, like when you from like a town like Lafayette a Caracro area where okay them bodies is niggas I know you know what <laughs> I mean like, like I can't like, I can't just be out here cuffing you treating you all crazy and my nigga done flipped you or did something crazy <laughs> like that like nah I can't no that, which that changed the dynamics altogether you know what I mean definitely. so it definitely it definitely depends and that's my thing if you tell me like once I'm already in love with you a bit you well kudos to you you got me <laughs> but like if if you tell me while we're courting Look, I, I might I might feel a type of way about it. It just all yeah. depends. All depends on the situation. And speaking of courting, I want to ask you this: Have you ever ghosted someone? And what do you do you feel about ghosting? Uh, do you feel yeah. people? I don't know if it counts as ghosting though. Like if you if you go on a first date with somebody and you just don't really fuck with them after that, is that did you talk ghosting? to? Them? Did you tell them y'all was done? Nah. You just nah, stopped talking to him? But I didn't feel like it was at the point to where I even needed an explanation. You know what I mean? That's, That's kind of why I'm like, dude, ghosting, is it, is it She ghosting? might like you. Yeah, no, it is. Because I did the same thing. I was talking to someone. We went on a date. And I was just like, ooh, I'm not feeling this no more. And I just stopped but talking to her. I'll keep she it was bean, hurt. I keep it a bean on my situation. This is when I first moved to Vegas, bro. So picture, I'm out here. I'm in a, in a big <laughs> city, a, a new city. And I didn't know nobody, bro. So... My stupid ass called myself getting on fucking, what was it, POF? This might have been even before Tinder was popular. Yeah, I was about to ask you, was it Tinder? Four or five years ago, bro. This was when I first moved. I moved here in 2014. So this was like 2014, bro. I got on POF, met this chick, and we had, we was chopping it up in the messages for like a week, week and a half, two weeks before we actually decided we was going to meet up. And she was one of them. She had the, you know, Face pics. Every pic was a face pic. Filter on that bitch and shit. But she was super pretty. She was super pretty in person. Okay, I was like, when when she got out though, that body type didn't match what I thought. And this could be shallow of me. Uh, Hey, if if women listening, y'all want to kill me, go ahead. But I felt played that she just advertised herself as somebody that she wasn't. She was she was definitely a little. Yeah, that's okay. Look, women women would admit if if I put on my profile. That I, I'm a six pack buff nigga, and I, I step out the car. <laughs> you have a right to be upset. Yeah, that's <laughs> you a have fact. a right to be upset because I'm not a, a six five buff nigga. Like <laughs> I got I got a dad bod, and like that's what you're getting. So like yeah. I would have to be upfront and tell you that. So I can't be mad at you for that. But me, no, I I was just I was just taught like out of relationship for a couple months, and I'm just sure just just want before my girlfriend. I'm just seeing what's out there. I'm just 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 testing the waters just in getting back into the dating scene a couple months after my my breakup and i just talked was talking to this girl asked her out on a date went on a date just was, wasn't really feeling the date just stopped talking to her like told her some shit like oh i'm about to go take a test and i just never <laughs> yo yeah. that's fucked up but like <laughs> i did it like i didn't know who, yeah. but i didn't feel see part of me feels like i shouldn't have done that and i should have but like she didn't ask me no question. Like, if you'd have asked me why I did that, I'd have told you. But 
you didn't ask nothing. So if you don't ask nothing, I don't have to tell you shit. Like you're yeah. not questioning nothing. But like now, if somebody asks you a question, you kind of you. I feel like you should, so you don't leave them thinking like why would happen. Like if somebody got a why, give them the why. Yeah, I I definitely feel like though there's a there's a point in the relationship because when you when you say ghosting, I think of like the kind of niggas that been you know dating chicks, whining and dining them. They been smashing for months and then they just decide oh the next situation came and now I'm I'm done oh, with you. That's real like, just like you, hardcore ghost. You you owe that person an explanation at that point. You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of why I was debating if my situation was even ghosting because that was like our initial meet. Like we had met oh, yeah, for the first no, time no, no, no. we we like sat at a bar and talked for like an hour and then I was like, yo, I gotta go. <laughs> I said I had to work in the morning. It was fucking Saturday. <laughs> Nigga ain't had no motherfucking work. I was like, yo, I gotta go. That's and I just, cool. it, just but, like, I gotta get out of this situation. Yeah. But like, I, I really know niggas that's that's moving like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, your file. Like, y'all Like, niggas, niggas been smashing a chick for two, three months and then just stop hitting them up. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, that's fucked up. Go around, yeah. take the ex back, and just for real, ghost the chick. I can say this off the map. I had no physical contact with the person I ghosted. Like I said, we only went on one date, and I was just like, "Ooh, I don't know if I really feel this." So I'm okay. I'm gonna just we're at two different points of our lives. I'm gonna just move yeah. move past. Yeah. And that's and that's fine. Like the niggas that's banging somebody for like three months, y'all clowning. Same thing for them girls that just use niggas for food and then just go someone they find somebody they like. Like and one one day we gotta have a conversation about how foul that is. Because women oh, women don't see nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? They don't see nothing wrong with that. But let a nigga do the situation that I was just talking about. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like if a nigga consistently taking you out on dates. And y'all been talking for months. Like a nigga might actually start caring like, about you. Like yeah. actually start liking you. You know what I mean? And you you over here got this nigga stored in your phone as food. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's fucked up. Got the fucking steak emojis stored as this nigga <laughs> contact name and shit. Like, come on, bro. That's foul. Yeah. No, that's, that's super foul. Like the shit you was talking about, the niggas do foul. Sh- these bitches out here just using people, calling them food. That's yeah, foul bro. as hell. Like, don't call me when you want a meal just because I'm a nice guy and yeah, I think I'm courting you and I'm doing the aspects of courting. But there's a difference between that and then the niggas that just, oh yeah, I'm gonna pay for you to come here. Like I, I'm paying you to to like go on this adventure. That's yeah. that's niggas that just pay for pussy. See, but there's there's levels to because I feel like the the niggas that get played like that be niggas that put themselves in the position to be played like that. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, yo, if if I take you on a date, <laughs> there's a after that first date, there's a certain level of energy that gotta be there. Be there, yeah, one second one. You can't just, you know what I mean, not hit me up for two weeks and then text me like, hey, what you doing tonight? Like, nah. If we on that kind of level, then you paying for your meal, I'm paying for mine. For mine, just fact. friends. You know what I mean? We just friends. But if we, you know, if I'm, I'm a really out here, like, cause when I date a chick, we, we, you know, I'm gonna show you, like, yo, I ain't, yeah, I'm gonna take <laughs> I ain't no, no fuck nigga out here. Like, I, I'm yeah. actually moving out here. You know what I'm saying? I can actually take you somewhere nice. You know what I mean? Like, pay for your meal, take you to do this after or before, however the situation is. You know what I mean? Like. If I'm doing all that, you got to give me a certain level of energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I agree with you. And yeah, you're right there. Like, if you feel like absolutely blah from it, you should know like, eh, there's not really nothing there. Maybe I shouldn't pay for her to do this. No, you're absolutely right. But I'm talking about the ones that's like, 
like you said, if like, oh no, they giving that energy back, but I'm just they just doing that for a meal. Y'all, y'all wrong. Yeah, but that, that seemed like a lot of work for a fucking meal though. Put your I mean, time in into something more productive than that. They <laughs> just trying to mean? get or they just out here. It it take a lot to fucking make a nigga be like, yo, I'm trying to cuff this. Either that or you bad as fuck. That and even then, like I don't I don't reach the age where you gotta be more than just bad, bro. Like, like you, I agree. Like you gotta start a conversation too. You can't just like yeah, make like you if, start if, if we talking and you can't tell me nothing outside of what happened on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like nah, I'm out. You don't <laughs> See, get no second date. But that's what we learn as we get of eight. Like I think I learned that when I was 24. Like at now at 25, it's like all right, I'm I'm good. Like I like I learned from that. But like when you 19, 18, 20, 21, 22, yeah. I even say 23. You know if she bad, you'll you'll put up with especially if like. She'll toss you a nude every now and then, and don't let you at hit once, or maybe like or yeah. get the feeling that you can hit. Oh, you gonna try? You gonna yeah. try. see? That's why I'm glad, bro. Like I, I definitely think <laughs> every nigga, even females too. I ain't even gonna discriminate like that. But everybody gotta have a wild phase, like when you just like you ain't tied down to nobody. You just doing you. You know what I mean? Because once you come out of that wild phase, bro, you start to realize like, yo, there's certain shit that's that shit's for the important. birds. You yeah. realize that, yo, if it's just about fucking something, I can do that without all this extra shit. You know what I mean? Like, Thanks. what you what you bring to the table? Like, I got to know where your mind at. Where you, where you trying to be in five, ten years? You know what I'm saying? For me to really be putting that kind of energy towards you. Yep. And it's like you said, like, you can't just tell me about what your favorite show is. And that's all we talk about. Like, we got we to gotta dig deeper than that. Like, yeah. I got to know how you, like, your emotional standing. Like, I, I got to know a little yeah. bit more about you. No, I feel you on that. All right, all right. That's that's all I really had this week. Cor- corniest thing you ever told a girl before we get out of here. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. I really corniest don't know. Corniest thing. I probably did one of those corny-ass pickup lines like, uh, like, uh, damn, girl, <laughs> you're so beautiful. <laughs> like, some, some shit like, like, uh, fuck, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I, I've done that, but I've done that with the, like, it's intentionally corny. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to be corny. Like, I don't think I've ever, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. My, like, maybe with like them the, super, uh, like, like dad pickup lines. Like, I've hit girls with that before just to be a dumbass. You know what I mean? Uh, my, uh, how, how's your love life? Like, me me trying to get to know <laughs> if you got a, yeah, like, how's your life going? And then, like, oh, how's your how's your love life going? Let's let's play 21 questions me to get to know. <laughs> and then, then you get into the fucking. Oh, I've done that. So yeah, if that's corny, I've done that. Yeah, no, I played the twenty-one questions to try to it's try to get to the sexual. Yeah, yeah, like ask her like, oh, what's your favorite color? Or favorite movie? Oh, what's your bra size? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, granted, I was I was a young nigga when that. Like, so this, these are all I, young nigga movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why I was talking about just that type of level of corny because I've yeah. I've been there. That was sixteen through eighteen. Like that's yeah. that was those. Oh, I was I was a corny nigga in them days. Super. <laughs> Super. <laughs> Oh man, fucking earliest freshman year, the most corny thing. I wrote a bitch a poem and I was trying to get into the draw so bad. And then I learned I was like, oh, this is not the way you handle this one. Definitely not. And the older you get, the more you realize that that kind of shit, it don't work. It do no. the opposite. Exactly. She was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna play this fuck. I spent an hour on this bitch. <laughs> and all you give me is oh, thanks. Oh man, that's crazy. Bro. You can at least tell me my my uh, soliloquies and similes were fire. What <laughs> you what you what you think about 
zodiac signs. Oh, I don't. Relationships. I don't believe in none of that shit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I, I I really do think people nuts when they, when they be saying that. <laughs> you know what's crazy, bro? Is, let is that, me... let that shit determine their lives. Like, yeah, oh yeah, bro. you moon sign. No, bitch. <laughs> what's crazy, bro, is me and my girl now, our signs is apparently like supposed to be the, the, the least compatible out of all of the combinations. You know what I mean? But this is the best relationship I, I've had yet. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel like you. by far, that and I, I, I was one of them niggas, bro. Like especially, I want to say <laughs> like all through high school, a little bit after high school, like like a solid four five year run where I was just the relationship guy. Like I wanted to always have a a shardy. even if we wasn't like super serious. Like I always wanted a a chick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. none of them shits ever worked out. Like all of them was trash. <laughs> And it was just like, nah, I caught the one that was just, you know, not planned, not on purpose. Natural. Try to shoot my shot. You know what I mean? Like, I met her just because we went out to the bar with a group of friends. And, you know, one of her friends was had a mutual friend that was one of my partners. You know what I mean? So we just kind of was hanging around each other and started kicking it. But it was like an accidental situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't believe in none of that shit, bro. All them people like, like, and don't get it twisted. Like, I'll... Like if somebody's like, "Oh, your son's this or this," and they like tell tell me what the shit says, I listen. But like, I'm not going out of my way to check that shit. <laughs> yeah, bro, but there's there's really some people that just won't fuck with somebody because oh yeah they because of that facts 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 they like use their crystals to determine the energy of the, yeah, the, the words that could yeah no you people out there y'all wilding and look do y'all think if it makes y'all happy do y'all think but like nah bro I'm not doing that shit y'all clowning but uh. Real quick, before we get into the interview with Trey Lewis and I and we get your social media, Doom, I want to say this, because we'll talk about this next week because I want Doom to see it, but man, I got to just give my initial thoughts of that Malcolm X documentary. First off, and when I say this, understand that I understand that most religions are fundamentally just fucked up and wrong. Like, that's why, even though I'm a Christian and believe in that and believe in a high power, I don't necessarily be on the church tip because I understand of the corruption that's in that. Yo, I don't know how, if I'm in the 60s and a black man, and someone tells me, yo, join the Nation of Islam, they give me all this good stuff, and then I'm out here and they tell me, like, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to use this as a family to pick everybody up, we're all going to benefit from this, and this nigga, well, let me not say this, let me be respectful, the, the, the leader of it, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, has hundreds and millions and millions of dollars, and all of us, Every Muslim is struggling. I can't, I can't, I'm giving you this money because I, you, you got us all blindly following you. I can't get behind that. That's just first tip. And I think that about all religion. And this documentary showed this because them people was making millions of dollars. And then when Malcolm start messing with the money, things get bad. And it's like, yo, and I got to say, the FBI played a huge part in all this. The FBI is just as culpable as well as the NYPD. But the fact remains that a Muslim killed Malcolm, and y'all just let him just live. He just walked. He he lived his life, repented, did his thing, had a hero funeral, and and just is out of here. So it's just sad to say, and someone got falsely convicted, and he's supposed to be a, m- a member of this nation, and y'all just let him just rot in jail. And but that goes against everything y'all believe. It's just some sick stuff, man. It's just like damn, the sixties were wild. Like gosh, the, I'm, yeah. it's crazy to believe that. Like. 
FBI tapping people, sending in fake cops, all this shit, and y'all just ganging up and y'all killed this guy. Like in in court, like he's just gone. Like yeah, for and, and, and I think for the most part, like most people know <laughs> what happened, or at least have like, oh, a general idea. But I'm really interested to see this doc because I, I, at least from what I heard, they really dive they deep. Tell into, you what happened. You know what I mean, and that's what I want to see. And like they tell you what happened. You, but I know the dude's name right now. Like, and you know how many of them was. You know the FBI kind of had the, the FBI. Now I'm not gonna say the FBI had something to do with the shooting per se, or like they they put the person there because I don't know. It could very well be because of how many informants they had in the room. This dude could have been an FBI informant. He very well could have and been a member of the Nation of Islam as well. I don't know, but. What I can say is well, it was a Muslim who pulled the trigger, and they painted very well that the FBI knew, didn't do nothing about it. The nation knew they wasn't going to do nothing about it because Malcolm was bad-mouthing them. So it was like, oh, you don't care? I don't care. We don't care. And it's like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, this is, when you watch it, we're going to talk more about it this week, but I was just, I was left dumbfounded and was just like, damn. So y'all knew and just didn't do nothing about it. That's Niggas just crazy. walking down the street. <laughs> like, I nothing might, happened. I might watch that shit tonight. Like, and the you thing is, really the, see that shit. the fucked up thing is, they, they let two men rot in jail. One man died, and another man spent 20 years in jail, or like 15 or something like that. And then he gets out. His kids have kids. Some of them don't even want to reconnect with him because they think he's a murderer. And he's like, bro, I didn't do this. And nobody wants to listen to him when the FBI got records of, oh, this dude didn't do this. It was, they, like, they say he didn't do it. And they didn't do shit about it. See, and that's the crazy shit. That's <laughs> the kind of like shit where like if this nigga was to spaz out and just shoot some shit up, I wouldn't even blame him, bro. That's yeah, that hurt. They fucked that nigga whole life up. And like some of his kids don't even want to talk to him. And it's like, that's crazy. Yo, like I blame, like that's why I say the FBI is definitely responsible for a lot of hurt in, in this. And they, I'd give them, I'd say it. Bro, I'd say it's almost 45% FBI, or maybe 50% FBI, 50% Nation of Islam. Like, both parties were wrong, and, like, uh, they could say, because this documentary shows multiple times that Elijah Muhammad said, don't lay a hand on Malcolm. But when you dive into, like, the FBI's phone records and taps, the way he said certain things was, like, secret code to, like, nah, get this nigga out of here. And it's yeah. like, yo, you niggas That's are wild. crazy. Like, no, I definitely got to watch this doc. We're going to talk about it next week because that shit fucked my whole head up. You definitely got to watch that shit. And maybe I'm off. Maybe maybe it's like, no, 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 no. It's a big conspiracy. But nah, it's a conspiracy, all right? <laughs> Nation of Islam was about to lose money because Malcolm X was about to take over. And they was yeah. like, ooh. And then the FBI was like, ooh, we don't want him to take over because he's a little more radical than Martin. Ooh, we have a common enemy? Cool. <laughs> like, that's what that shit was. And like, everybody was like, well, you got the guy. I'm going to just toss my hands up. Yeah, we got him. Toss my hands up. And then the, like, evidence wasn't even collected. Like, they just left the shit there. That's crazy, bro. And it was, there, like, doom, it was there till 2010. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm definitely watching this doc. With the bullet holes in, like, no, bro, no. I'm definitely watching this doc. That shit, shit was in the watch. basement. It was in the basement of a building. Like, the podium he was talking on, where he got shot at. The shit was just in the wasn't in evidence lockers, wasn't in NYPD or FBI possession, wasn't in a museum, was in the basement of the building where he got shot at, and it was abandoned for years. That's crazy. Like not like nobody gave a fuck. They were just like, oh yeah, it's it's over with. 
That's wild. And yeah, no, it just it just blew my mind. I definitely recommend to everybody out there to watch uh, the Who Killed Malcolm X documentary because it just it, it opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. And I'll talk more about this next week when you see it. But I think really Malcolm going to Mecca, realizing that, oh, these people, yes, they're preaching Islam and, and, and how to be good Muslims and everything, but they're doing it in a sense of, oh, we only care about black Muslims and they're not teaching you the full scope of the message because he leaves and goes to Mecca and there's like Asian Muslim, white Muslims. There's all different types. And he didn't realize that till after he left and he was like, damn, they're controlling us to an extent. And it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It, like the sixties, they got all, they got off some wild shit. Like, yeah. like from the mafia to the nation, like everybody was doing some, the FBI, everybody was doing some fucked up shit. Yeah, bro. I be telling people all the time, like, the world's still fucked up now, but, man, niggas was living crazy. Great. Yeah, because technology kind of limited the fucked up yeah. shit you can do, because yeah. everybody got camera. But, like, yeah. back then, oh, you could kill somebody and get away with it if they yeah, didn't bro. see you. <laughs> That's a fact. And that, <laughs> bro, that gotta be some scary times. Because when you think about it, bro, that's that wasn't that long ago. No. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't, like, Nigga, people, grandparents was alive for that era. Well, yeah, my grandpa. You know I mean? Facts. Like, and to think that they had to live in times like that is crazy. Yeah. Crazy, bro. No DNA to test it, anything. Maybe if you if you find, like, the person's gun and you match the shell with it, that's the only thing. And maybe if fingerprints, like, depending on w- what city it was in, like, if they had the technology, you could maybe get a fingerprint off it and if that was in the records. If not... Wild Wild West, bro. I kill you as long as nobody saw it. And and even then, even if you could piece together all that shit, you got to depend on the dirty ass cops to (laughs) do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, not that they not dirty now, but it's it's a different time when you can just hop on your phone and tweet the local news station and be like, yo, this happened. Oh, wait till you see about the NYPD putting people in a circle and just was like, oh, you, you tried to help him when he died? No, we want this guy to die. Like whoa, whoa! Like nah, bro. Crazy. This whole shit is fucked up. Like super, super fucked up. You gotta watch it. But Doom, tell the people they can find you on social media. At Lil Doom SJE, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we're gonna definitely talk about that next week. So be on the lookout for that. But definitely watch the documentary if you're listening, and we'll give our full thoughts next week. But let's get into the interview with Trey Lewis. Super, super excited about this. We talk about. His career up to this point, his influences. We really dive into his album, Straight to the House. So, and we talk about the series that's coming after it. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Trey. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This week on the Bros and Nick podcast, we're joined by a very special artist. I was this on me why it took so long for this to happen. Me and me and this person been supposed to leak. Let me link, Lord Leak. We've been supposed to link because he is the brother of one of the artists that I'm really, really a fan of and then I became a fan of him he can rap just as well they got different styles and I fuck with it this dude is his album incredible he's from Baton Rouge one of the people pushing the Baton Rouge sound forward Trey Lewis how you doing my brother what up what up man appreciate you having me thank you for coming bro glad to have you and my thing is it's the right time You, you dropped a lot of projects and you dropped a lot of stuff in 2019 we're under 2020 and I can't can't wait to talk about what we got coming but what's on the horizon? Yeah, well, um, I feel you. Uh, just did the straight to the house, and I got still at the house and back out the house. 
coming next. It's a little three part, you know, mixtape series. I and after that is more content. And like you say, you know, we loaded up in November with the singles and stuff like that. Yes, you did. We got a lot yeah. to talk about. But my first question for the people that might not know you, tell tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got into music, how you got into rap and why you why you why you do this. Oh, I mean, um I always fuck with music since I was younger, you know, not to sound cliche or nothing, but uh, it started with like playing the piano and engineering, actually audio engineering, and um, my pops was a DJ, so it was just kind of always around, but... In the family. <clears throat> yeah, but just like actually, you know, getting used to hearing my voice, it's like when I was audio engineering at a younger age and shit like that, and then it just gravitated towards rap and it kind of just progressed through its different phases. 100. Who's some of your influences? Uh, in what way? Like, it's it's like, because it's certain, it's certain shit I listen to all day, but I wouldn't, you know. Dead do something like yeah. that. Yeah. More so of who's the people that got you to love this? Um, Well, I say Hove. I remember Reasonable Doubt. That's one album that for sure did it for me. Um, That uh, Speaker Box and Love Below, that was another like real... You know, like one of those shits that made me sit down and really like more big boy, more Andre three thousand. Honestly, bro, people be they sleep on big boy. (laughs) Yes, big boy name, like for real, bro, like for real, like the nigga nice, that nigga nice, bro. Sir Lucius left foot man, he he got he got bars. And me like it's moods, you know what I mean? Like I'm not one of them people that like, you know, you got some people ride around and listen to the same type of shit all day, but like. I don't know, his moods, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm feeling Dre, sometimes I'm feeling real big boys, you know what I mean? I so feel like, you. You got a vibe for everything. Like for Anybody everything. else? Um, I'm trying to think of early ones. Uh, I'll say a lot of Mystical and Sugar Free, too. Um, That's interesting, because I was waiting yeah. to hear if you said anybody from Louisiana to see which way, which who you yeah. said. Because yeah, but it was a, a lot of Mystical when I was younger, like. Why you think you gravitated towards like, him like instead a, of a gang of mystical? The Waynes, the currencies, the boot. Because being that you're from, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I fuck with currency tough too, but it kind of like um, <clears throat> it was more so like like all around like the culture vibe. I fuck with currency. You know what I mean? It's like it was the chill raps. You know what I mean? Like heavy smoke aways and shit like that. But I mean like as far as the vibes, yeah. But like like rapping like style rap, I never really you know. Like, got in that bag, it wasn't one that made me, like, you know, rap like that in that type of way, I'm, you know? 100%. But, like, as far as, like, mystical, I just used to always like the way, like, he told stories. You know what I mean? It was real animated and, like, the way he flipped shit like that, you know, like. Painted um, a good picture. Yeah, shit like that. With Hove, it was more like the double entendres and shit and shit like that. With Dre, I always like just, like, the different inflections in his voice. Like, how he freaks, like, he'll go from high to low, you know what I mean? Or rap it, sing it type shit. You know, see, this is fucking me up because after, because I listened to the album when it came out, but with a mixtape, my bad. I don't know. But when on the way here, said that. I listened to the mixtape again, and hearing you say Dre, Big Boy, Hove, yeah. Mystical, I can see the yeah. like and the ground Su- roots. And see, like with Sugar Free, it was like the, it's like his, like he flipped, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the unauthorized, it's like more so like the shit he say, like. He'll say some out-of-pocket shit, but it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So that was like people that was like, man, I want to do that shit on a song. Those, It was those people. At what age do you think, well, not do you think, at what age did you release your first mixtape or first project that you considered like, all right, I'm a rapper? Uh, 
it was early on. I was putting out shit in high school, you know what I mean? And like always rapping and shit like that. And like we was putting it out on YouTube and the mixtape websites. I listened to the SoundCloud stuff. Yeah, and old SoundCloud stuff. I got stuff that date far back. But um, as far as like me making music now, I feel like really like the type of shit that like I'm just getting more comfortable making music. I really got to that point probably, I'll say like uh, two years ago, honestly. You know what I mean? Like when I made um that alone tape, that was more so like when I was really like just I'm going to make shit that I want to make. You know what yeah. I mean? And however it falls, that shit just go fall. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So. I want to get into your year last year because out of the people, shit, even national, at National Wide, I say you had, you was one of the people consistently putting out good content and niggas always say rap is just the mumble everything so no you gotta look for it and you're one of those people that provide that it's a classic rapping feel but in a new era sound and I fuck with it heavy you started last year with a bunch of singles but I think the thing that really caught my attention was the how to rap series that you was doing on Twitter and and, and IG talk to me about how you started you was like Mm -hmm. all right, I wanna do this and put out some raps on the internet um Really, I be rapping like that's just how. Uh, like sometimes I come up with songs. I'll be listening to a song and I will start blowing over some shit, finding a different pocket, and it was just like, man, I'ma just, you know, I'm put a freestyle out. Cause it's like if you around us, like we always just bust out in random freestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody who around that can rap. You know, so like I just kind of, you know. Did it? People fuck with it. Yeah, no, that shit was you know hard. What I mean? Did a couple more. I think so, the hardest one, in my opinion, yeah. was the one over the Nas beat. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I fuck with that one. And then two is just like you know, just putting out content, bro. Just putting out different shit in different ways and trying to you know. How hard do you think is? How hard do you think it is? Because a lot of people say because we have the internet is easy, which is true, but because there's so many people, you got to cut through the. I feel like the thing is, it's all about how you look at it, like. You can look at it in a way like, man, I personally feel like if you fuck with the people who fuck with you, it's going it's to go. But yeah. you got to be real with yourself and be as consistent and like perform at a high quality clip, a true high quality clip for those people. But like if it goes like that's the that's the part that make it easier about the Internet, because it's like it's a group of people out there that fuck with everything. You know what I mean? Like even like when it comes to like weird shit on YouTube, like how people just watch Random shit, but it's yeah. a group of people that fuck with it. You know it's what I mean? It's community. Like, yeah, and like, it's to the point now to where like, that's why I feel like even something that you might listen to or I might listen to and be like, that shit ass, it's still like probably Niggas four million there. people yeah. out there that will die for this shit. Like, so like, it's just about fucking with those people and the nine times out of ten, like, the people that follow you are more like-minded people that follow other like-minded people that like similar shit. So, you know, you just gotta keep putting out Shit. Quality yeah. shit, yeah. Quality or, shit. or at least the shit your community expects yeah. you to put out. Yeah. One hundred percent. I wanna get into the I wanna get into the project straight to the house. I love this. First off, locking in, you talk about how family's important to you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Like why why you wanna present that message and how is important is family to you? Uh I say that because it's like the people that you know what I mean, I make music with on the like Ty, Jire, Tommy, you know what I mean? It's like that's my real brother. That's my real cousin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it's like shit like that. It's the family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to like, hold it down. Yeah, like shit like that. 100%. You know? And kind of just, you know, manifesting shit. Like, you know, it's like, that's what I feel like locking in. It was just like, you know, 
just clear minded and just like go and do what you know you're supposed to be doing type shit. I gotta ask you a question. Are you toxic? Because you said she why she, I'm, I'm asking why she called you toxic in the next song on uh you, you know what the fuck I mean. Uh they might say that, but people say a lot of shit. So you know. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Because we was having an interesting conversation before we started about cancel culture, and I think that yeah. that ties in a little bit to the top. I feel like toxic's a 2019 yeah, word. Yeah, I feel like everything. Not toxic, because toxic really, this shit was like a four, five month word. You know what <laughs> I mean? People just scraggle on to it. But like with anything, bro, I feel like just not an internet. Like you say, with the cancel shit, with certain waves and words and seasons, or like even like how it's just like people just, you know, they just pick up shit and run with it. Like, yeah. you know, if enough people fucking with it, they running with it. And it's like, you cancel somebody today, but like last week, this was y'all favorite. You know what I mean? Like, and then they don't hold the same standard for everybody. No, nah, and then it come back around. That's why I be like, fuck it. Like, it's pointless. If it ain't gonna stand, you could not fuck with them today, fuck with them tomorrow, then not fuck with them again. And like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah. Now, you really spitting. How important is bars to you? To me, Walk and Lick sounds like an old blues, jazz song, and I think I, that's why I see the big boy, three stacks vibe yeah. in it. Why that choice and just going that way in the artistic vibe? Because I, I love that song. And then you put, uh, I believe, Tower on it. One yeah, of the, two. One of, oh, two, my yeah. bad. One of the few features on it. Again, how important is bars and, and, and really spitting, but keeping that honest, musical aspect. That shit really not, I feel like, that shit really not. It's important, but like I said earlier, bro, it's a group of people that fuck with everything. And even me, like, I don't ride around and listen to, like, Common all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like it's, it's, it's different shit. And so it's like I like having options in hip-hop. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not really important. I feel like it's good music is important to me because it's shit that might not have no bars. You might could repeat. You know what I mean? Like a hook, an eight ball hook twice, and do like a short verse, and it, it's still like a fire ass song. Like I'm still gonna bump that shit. So I and think he's showing you, yo, like yeah. a multi tool and showing you different array of skills. Like yeah, you, like you know when you create a play on two K, you got your you got your uh, skill yeah, tree. Facts. And I feel like everybody got different bags. You know what I mean? And it's like for me too, though. I but like you say, like when you listen to it, I do make a point to try to find a little balance between like bars and vibe. But that's just me. You know what I mean? So like. Why the why the choice of that that melody on that one? Who if you know who produced it? Who who produced that one? Mm, I don't know who produced it. That was actually that song came about. Two really came to me with the idea, so I met him at like it was like this freestyle thing we was both in um, that Pula put together, and he like played it, and it was like an idea, and then we forgot about it, never got around to doing it, and then like we did it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like just we just like. Out. Yeah, just like making making shit, but like, yeah. Tricks up her sleeve. Now that's the woman anthem. That's the that's the one in, the woman empowerment joint. <laughs> why you why you why you went down that route? I don't know. It's just real life stories, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like real experiences. Yeah, and it's just like I fuck with it. You know what I mean? It's it's my perspective on the situation. You know what I mean? I feel like that was one of them songs like. You could look at it like this, or you could look at it like that. Like, you know? Yeah. It could it could be perceived two different ways. It is. It's just like, you know. It, you think that's the whole f- fan in you? Or like the, the whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inspiration? The double entendres and trying to put double meanings behind songs? 
Yeah, I could say that, but more so when it comes to like, mm, with that, it's it's like more so in a different bag. That's more like, on like, I don't know, like on that Valley's intro or some shit like that. When it's like, mm, like when it's, when it's going like that. But, yeah. No, fuck with it. 100. Did you watch Godfather of Harlem? Because you do have a song called Bubby Johnson. I did watch Godfather of Harlem. It was fucked up. I had the song. That song was old. Old as hell. Real. And like, I watched it. I was like, fuck it. I'm put the song out. Because that was a song that didn't make a loan, honestly. Okay. Bumpy John, that Bumpy Johnson shit. And that was just yeah. one you just had to you throw Yeah, I was there. like, damn. Because Godfather of Harlem hard as fuck. That's a fire ass shit. Hey, I'm ready for the next season though. Same. And I, yo, I fuck with the whole, the Malcolm shit in there. I fuck with how they do it, did all of that. Yeah. And, and throwing the Giancarlo Esposito character who's like the, I guess the black preacher of the, yeah. Of the yeah, but like when time. you look it up, you know, I did my Googles on this shit. Like, all shit, of that really happened. Like, nah, shit line up. And, you know, I knew about Bumpy Johnson because after, you know, the American Gangsta, we looked up, you know, whoop and all that shit. But it's like, like, yeah, it was tired. And you know certain shit, like everything, you know, be dramatized sometimes. But, like, it's... I oh, fuck with it. I fuck with you it. You think we're going to see Denzel character in season two? And, and I know it's not going to be Denzel, but... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Frank Lucas? Yeah. I feel like... I don't know. They should. They should. At least if he's still like alive. I mean, guard. but they keeping everything else real. If you're going to have Muhammad Ali, you're going to have Malcolm X. You had the, the preacher dude in there. Even the... um. You know the what is it? The head of the Scorsese yeah, family. Yeah, the the, mas, the mafia Whatever, people. All yeah, that shit, yeah, for real. No, that's a fire song. You millennial had Nate Monroe on, and you and you had two only two features on this. Yeah, was that deliberate? Um, or was really. it just vibes? Like, yeah, it was just just vibes. Who was you know in the, I mean? Who was at the spot at the right time? Nah, because it's like with and to be honest, like with a lot of the um the house series, I'm really touching up songs you know what i mean in the hard drive but it's like we go back in them because that's just like how i make shit i'll make some shit and come back to it you know what i mean a couple of weeks later and then finish fix it up like finish it up like beef it up because like different shit will come to you you know but see you you wait you got a a, a method behind the madness like you're not gonna just make a song and then drop it like you gotta you're gonna sit on it yeah then come do some touch-ups Cause I always yeah. wonder how that works. Cause I yeah. some niggas is like, oh, I drop made sixty songs in a night. I like, don't know. I always I'm I'm gonna listen to that shit yeah. for a little bit. I'm gonna listen to that shit for me. I don't know, and then come back to it. One hundred percent. Talk to me about the end and why you chose to end the end the project straight to the house. Is that leading us to the next part of the series? Straight to the house. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it like that, but like that was the um. Nah, that was just, I wanted to end it with like, you know, like the little title track and then Ty produced that one. And uh, that was like the song that kind of like inspired like the vibe, you know what I mean? Like just like all home runs straight to the house. Like, Did you make that one first? No. No? No, nah, I ain't made that one first. I'd probably say like the first song that was made off of that bitch was probably that Bumpy Johnson song. When they yeah, put on it. Because yeah. yeah. It was older, but that was the one that really inspired me to do like to go down that path with those three little tapes. You know Everything you talk about real to you, one hundred. That's your, like that's your story. Yeah, it's my story, or it's like uh, sometimes it's somebody else's story who couldn't tell their story. Thank you, know you know what I'm but people you know. Right? Yeah, yeah, like it's it's all shit like that, and it's like you know, I hop in, I tell shit from different perspectives because sometimes I got other songs 
you know what I mean? Like on the SoundClouds and shit like that. Stories told from, you know. How, how important is it to you to be a storyteller? I kind of got away from it in recent shits, you know what I mean? But it's like, I feel like I'll throw it in there, you know what I mean? Here and there, probably in a verse. But I don't, I don't know. I like. I got some um some other tracks though. I feel like coming up. Um, One track I got to talk to you about from the 2019 and ask you why I didn't make the project swim the uh XXX the XX swim song. Oh yeah, the big swim. That's see, that's my shit. Yeah, and it's a two X. It's like big, like a two X. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Feel like a big swim. Um, mm, I feel like those singles. I just kind of let them have a space. You know what I mean? With like the little paint splash. Yeah, each cover was vibe. very, like, yeah. it, you, you you were deliberate with that. Yeah, it was just kind of like, it was really like a cluster of my head, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, we're going to make sure, just keep the keep the vibe consistent. Because that's how it was coming, it was just like, we just go keep, you know, putting it up. Why Flowers to Die, you, you dropped a two-pack on them instead of just doing one. Oh, the two-pack. Man, it was supposed to be three. For real? The song with uh, Jairus was supposed to be on there. That's my partner, Dave Stokes. He was oh, on, okay. uh... Yeah. yeah, on um, hundred dollar chips. Yeah, on hundred dollar chips. That, that shit was hard. hard. I was about fuck. to. Yeah, that's that shit my hard shit. As fuck. That shit hard as fuck. One hundred percent. He ate me on that bitch, but it's cool. <laughs> I think I'm over hard. I fuck with it equally. I'm not gonna even do that. That's just me. That's <laughs> just me. I feel like that. But that bitch hard. That bitch hard as fuck. What came about? Cause something I think that was was fire, and I think led to. Cause I don't think Big Swim was out before the video, mm. or was it? Nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. it wasn't. And that was some shit. Like, that's what I'm saying. I was go hold on to that shit. But Jar was like, man, I fuck with this. You need to put it out. And then he made like the little video. That shit was and, cold. Like, leaked it. You know what I mean? Type shit. Nah, I like, I'm glad he leaked it because that was yeah, that was hard as fuck. Like, that was one of my favorite songs last year. Um, The the one joint I want to talk about, what's up? I think the spaceship joint was the one where it's like, all right, I'm vibing. Yeah. That was with you and Cremo. Yeah, facts. And um, like I said, it's just like, Different vibes, because, like, with me, bro, when I make music, like I was saying earlier, like, I be in different moods, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm, you know what I mean, up. Sometimes I'm real neutral. I might be fucked up, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, you know. But you're giving them you. That's the Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a real genuine, it's like that's how I was feeling right now, you know? How important is it for you? Because when people think of Baton Rouge rap, they think of two sounds. The Gates Young Boy sound and the Boosie Webby sound. And I think there's a bunch of you guys that I talk to in BR that all are carving out y'all's own lane with y'all own in particular sound. How important is it for you to have a sound that breaks through that's different than what the typical, quote unquote, typical BR is? Yeah, I feel like if you creating anything, if you if you keep it a hundred percent, you is gonna be different. You know what I mean? Like no matter what it is, like if you go create from a genuine space. It's gonna be you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause, you know, but outside of that, I still I feel like it's all necessary, bro. Like, it's all, you know. Yeah, you it's all. It's like you need you need different flavors, but you need it, and everything happened with timing, and you know. I think like y'all that. time coming for real though, cause they got too many out here for it to be yeah not noticed. Yeah, facts, and it's and it's dope. You know what I mean? I equate it to like when you look at um, like when you look at Chicago. Like they got the drill sound, yep. But you still got Yay Chance, you Big know Nancy, what I mean? Yeah, all like and yeah. all this other shit that's that's popping out, you know what I mean? So, one hundred percent. Yeah. Let's get to the rapid fire portion where we ask just some questions to get your fans to get to know a little bit about who Trey Lewis all right, is. What up? 
We ask this to everybody, man. Your ass or tip, man. Ass. 100. Ass. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> I say this every time, too. Yeah. I'm not a tit guy. I'm sorry. That's just how I be. All right. Next one. Because we from Louisiana, crawfish or gumbo? Crawfish, because you can't trust everybody gumbo. Big facts. You can't trust everybody. Hey, no, that's... You can't trust... <laughs> I don't understand how people go to a restaurant and just like, yeah, let me get your gumbo. Nah, <laughs> you're wilding. Gotta you're eat wilding. that at home. <laughs> yeah. And don't eat every female gumbo. True. You just never... like you're not supposed to eat female. The girl, If a girl try to cook you red sauce, you're not supposed to eat that. Don't eat that shit. <laughs> Don't eat that shit. <laughs> I'm telling you. They put that spell on you. <laughs> I'm alive and well. I ain't eat that shit. I'm telling you, don't eat that shit, bro. 100%. Gumbo or boudé? Uh, fuck. I'm going to say gumbo. All but right. it got to... But it can't be everybody gumbo. One hundred. You got a particular person gumbo that you feel. I feel you. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. If you could go anywhere on vacation, where would it be? If I could go anywhere right now. On right vacation, now. And it's paid for. I'd probably say like Egypt or some shit. Ooh, why Egypt? Because I don't know. I feel like that's the that's the beginning. That's history. Yeah, I want to go to that bitch. Put my feet in the sand and shit. Is it important for you, just hearing that question, is it important for you to touch, get to Africa at some point? Because I know that's big for some for some of us. Yeah, I want to go to Africa. I want to go to Haiti, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's where my, you know. Oh, that's where your people from? Right, that's where it traced back to. 100%. You know I mean? so, no, I feel that. Go to the homeland. Yeah, yeah 100%. Next one, we got favorite movie. Favorite movie, damn. See, I'm big on movies, but I like I like old shit. Like, go good. Run it. I'm, I'm a movie oh, no. guy. Damn, you gonna make me pick my favorite? My favorite. Give me movie? a couple. You can give us a couple. Nah, I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna keep it in there. Uh, I, well, Tarantino. That's my favorite director. So it's gonna be a Tarantino pick. Um, I say Reservoir Dogs right now. <laughs> Ooh, that's fine. All right, well, shit. Let's have the convo. We gonna we gonna divert a little bit from the rap. If I go jump up, back, Tarant- Tarantino movies. Reservoir Dogs. Cause I'm a Tar- I'm a Tarantino guy. Nah, like, I, mean, I, I got I got five directors: Tarantino, Scorsese for my gangster flicks, and Christopher Nolan because that nigga is a, is a boss. Yeah. Spike Lee, gotta show love to the brother Spike. I like I like Spike, and I like John Singleton. I'm not the biggest Spike fan. Real? Yeah, I'm not the biggest Spike. I fuck with Spike culturally, but like his films, they don't. My mama say the same thing. They don't really be hidden <laughs> from me, bro. They don't. Not all of. Not I'm not saying all of them, but a large percentage of them. But like, what's but, your favorite? What's your top three Tarantino? Top, that's a top. Mine switch, but I say right. Give give me, give me yours. Right now, I got Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight, and I'm I'm Pulp Fiction. I would put Pulp Fiction, but like same. I've seen this shit too much, too fucking much. No, I'm with you. Yeah, like so it's Jackie Brown. Yo, I got Jackie Brown at three on mine because I when I saw that, yo, that because I saw that late, like I saw yeah. that like after I saw all of my other Tarantinos because I was like Jackie Brown. That's not even like, but boy was I wrong with Beaumont and all that. Yo, that shit was fire, bro. Like nah, shout out to Chris when he shot that nigga and told him things. What happened? You used to be beautiful. Ah, <laughs> uh, yo. That shit was amazing. That's that's number three for me. This is where it gets tough because 
Then see, you know what? Wait, I fuck with Hateful Eight. You remember when he told him the bloody nigga killer of Baton Rouge? See, no, yes. <laughs> and, and, but I was going to ask you because that's the one that I was shocked about. Hateful Eight. Because that's the one that I would say is majority people's least favorite. Least favorite. I gotta see the new one. I gotta see Once Upon a Time. And that's what I was gonna ask you, you after. Know, dude, if you saw that. Um, they got another director. I've been on his shit too. It's a trilogy he did. Um, the Spanish dude. He made Spy Kids. Robert Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. I'm I'm fucking with him. Tough. But I've been on the the Desperados and the um, Fire. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Fire. Uh, you know they got the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Tarantino just did. Yes. And that's I gotta go see that one. I didn't see that. But you've seen those. You've seen the trilogy. Yeah, them bitches, them bitches like, tough. Yeah, them bitches yeah, you, old, I was gonna like, ask you if you saw the old. new one. That one, that one's that one's kind of like hateful. It's hateful eight is like where I see him. He could do action. We already know he could do action. He could kill it. But this is where he's like, all right, I'm gonna show my chops as a director, and I'm gonna tell a long like it's gonna be more exposition. I'm gonna see if I can get it off with just people talking more than more than my action. Because this one yeah, is it's dialogue. It's dialogue. very, it's very, very dialogue yeah. heavy, and the action don't come till like the last fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. It's, don't, don't, don't. I don't know. I'm not gonna spoil, yeah, yeah, but because I love it, because I love yeah. it. I'm not gonna be lie. But the one that I was gonna say I was shocked about was Hateful Eight. What you liked about that one? Man, Sam Hill, bro. Like, Sam killed That's it. my nigga, bro. Sam that's my nigga, it. and like I fuck with it because it's like you know the little, the small shit, like you know. The, the irony, the black guy lived the whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's something that don't happen always. Like, but like I don't know, I fuck with it. Um, but um, just like you say, the dialogue. That's what I was saying was the dialogue because they in that they in minis the whole time. Like yep. it's you know, and even Reservoir Dogs, they in that that fucking you know room for most of the whole the whole movie. Reservoir Dogs is probably four for me. I love that film. Two, I got. Kill Bill, two. I got Kill Bill. One or two. Two. I, uh, one, no, I got one at two. You got Kill Bill one, one at two. Yeah, Kill Bill one at two, and then I got um. I love Django. Django probably five, and Kill Bill Volume Two is probably six. But man, that Inglorious Bastards was fucking nuts I'm not, to me. I ain't really big yeah. on the Inglorious Yo, that. <laughs> That dude—that's probably one of my least favorite. I'd say. Real, you yeah. know the um, was Christoph Waltz, the dude who who played the dude that was next to Jamie Foxx, the doctor. Yeah, that nigga was menace. That first scene when he killed them Jews. I might have to go back and watch it because like I went and watched it in the movies. You know what I mean? Watch it at your know. crib. Yeah, like, yeah. Any other? Any? I'm glad that we had this Tarantino conversation because I feel like rappers who are big Tarantino fans. <laughs> A great storyteller, like no, no I, real, like, no, for real, and that's for why real. I always ask the movie question, and I hope an artist will like dive into it because if you're a movie fan, you're creative off rip because you like telling stories. It doesn't matter whether it's whether whether it's music, painting a picture, yeah. or telling a movie or watching a TV show. The type of people who like that shit, like really, really love that shit, you can tell it's a little, it's a little different. Thanks, thanks. Any any other people you got like that's heavy director wise. Um. Robert Rodriguez, like you said, I've been on him. It's crazy he went from Spy Kids to doing that. But I fuck with it. It's yeah, like, no, it's like I know. Hopping in different bags. Facts. Just, you know. You uh, saw his new joint with Cameron, the leader, the, the the shit that was based off the anime shit, uh, leader Battle Angel. Nah, that shit pretty tough. I gotta go see that. Shit. And the dude that was in uh, who was in um, in Glorious Bastards and Django, he in there. Yeah. yeah. But see, outside of that, Tarantino, my only director that's like, man, I, I'm. Watch I'm watching all your movies. All your fucking movies. 
But um, outside of that, I just bounce around old movies. I just watch uh, Love and Bullets the other day with Tretch in it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's like an action comedy. But like yeah. when you watch it, you're going to be like, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, then speak on that favorite hood movie. Because everybody got one. Repose. Real. With, with Master P. Okay. Repose. I didn't think you was going to say that, that one. fire. Yeah, that it's nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know why, cause look, when him and um Michael Blackson I forgot Michael Blackson <laughs> was in this shit. And remember they was getting the cars from uh I wanna say it was Cat Williams. I think was so. the nigga who owned the, the car dealership running <laughs> it out of the trailer when Michael Blackson repoed his mama car <laughs> with Master P. That is oh, underrated. Son. And then they um when they caught the people fucking in the back of the van. Like that shit, that shit is hilarious, bro. That movie funny. As That's fuck. a good one. Paid you a paid in full, a New Jack City person. Paid in full. I was about to say because I know the the whole yeah, connection rock. Yeah. yeah. How you just this just side conversation? Nah, I fuck with New Jack City. I feel like New Jack City was a better movie, but Who's, I have watched Paid in Full more than you, you really. Know what I, mean? th- I don't know. I, New Jack I, City. I think they did their thing with Paid in Full. New Jack felt no, it was a bigger movie. Yeah, it was. It was. Like, you know what I mean? Just, it was. It had Wesley like, in it, and Wesley like, was the biggest nigga at the time. It was like, yeah, like, and Ice T was, was up in there. And then that fucking bro, then the, the one thing about New Jack City, you can't get out of my when they the song they were singing around the trash can. I can't think of it right now. I forgot it, but yeah. I'm gonna go Google that shit. No, I know what you're talking about. What you was about to say earlier? No, I was gonna say, um, being that you're a big J fan and paid in full with and just big rock rocker uh, rocker what. Rockefeller fan, Jesus. I was thinking Rockaway, my goodness. But what you think about the, the Hov and Dame situation? Dame, Dame Dash. Oh, Dame? Yeah. Um, I fuck with Dame. I fuck with Dame Tuck. I like the way Dame um, speak about independence and culture. It's crazy how, like, you know, a couple years ago, niggas was saying Dame is crazy and now everybody basing your business model off, off of, of his. Off of, like, what he was telling niggas, like, you know, and it's like the ownership, and that. But I feel like Dame is one of them people that's like it's fucked up. But it's like when you when you too loud and you saying the right things, they go shut you up. You know what I mean? And they yeah. go make a way when, especially when they the people that control the narrative. But with Dame, he fight to put himself in a position to control his own narrative. And I fuck with Dame. Yeah, I fuck with Dame too. I did, no, and I, I do feel like when you mention Rockwell, I fuck with Ho, but that was that was fucked up. That was a, that was finesse. Yeah, that was. That was. Yeah. Look, man, they got. Hove a businessman. He did like yeah. I wouldn't have did that to my friend. I mean everybody But we don't know their situation. Yeah, you don't know their situation. And everybody got different intentions, facts, and motives, and end goals. And everybody we don't know if they really go, friends. Yeah, everybody got different end goals. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, True. so one hundred percent. Just on Dame, because I agree with you with everything about how what he doing, cause shit, I do my, my business model got that from after watching the the uh the first Breakfast Club interview about ownership and everything yeah. like that shit was that shit stuck a chord with me. But my mom always did tell me it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I don't believe in that. You okay? I I think that's a um, you could say that to a point, but it depends on like. I feel like it take a certain level of self awareness and maturity in the person in the receiver, to to be able to see past that. Because at the end of the day, you want you don't want anything you said to be taken with ill intent. You know what I mean? You don't That's want nothing you said to be taken the wrong way. So focus on, you know what I mean? If you do that, then you could expect the same shit out of other people. You know what I mean? But see, I don't know if he be doing that all the time. 
You do. He can't. But like when people listen, like I don't know. Just because I, I just because I'm loud. I like, feel like this, like just because I'm ten toes about what I'm saying, don't mean you can't be either. Like true. I'm. I. You know what I mean? Because I where I'm speaking is what I genuinely feel, and I could question your point because I'm so firm in mind. And that's not saying it's an argument. It's yeah. an exchange of perspectives. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But people take it like you say. Some people. Can't receive it when it when it's that loud. You put it more on the receiver than the person delivering their they point. The only thing I put on is like, if you do it, then take that back. You know what I mean? But they ain't never had one. This is like you try to out yell them or like, ooh, but you don't. You know, like yeah. I don't know. But it, but it's not an argument. It's like I be feeling like it's a, just an exchange. Change of words. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Because I I personally I say you know what the fuck I be I will, feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's and and there's nothing. Ro- see. I agree, but see, I agree with you. It's like you gotta say how you feel at all time and keep keep that integrity about you. Yeah. But my thing is, why we can't talk like this, like like right like this? That's my like. You understand the situation because of the situation you you in because yeah. of the platform you have. Niggas want to jump at you and say you crazy the first rip, but you saying intelligent shit. It takes the people to to actually listen to what you're saying and hear what you're saying. Maybe look, but everything happened for a reason. That's true. Maybe too. the people that's that's tough enough and got the mental toughness to go on this journey you speaking on are the people that can see past it. That's true too. That and all that. You know what I'm saying? I can see it from that way for sure. Like if you, you know, what I, mean? I don't know, but I understand what you're saying. We can talk like this, and it's a reciprocate. But when you talk with people who can talk like this, but it's it takes a certain level of self awareness to understand when somebody can't. You know That's what I mean? Too. You focus on what they saying. Like now, if he was yelling and he was saying some bullshit, that'd be a totally different <laughs> story. Like, get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I know. Like, I got get you, don't. Know? Yeah. And that's why I'm glad I asked that. Before we, before I finish up the rapid fire, you gotta check out Christopher Nolan. If you love Tarantino, I'm a, I'm a, give I'm him a shot. Sure, I'm gonna make sure. Because yeah. and and I'm it's not sure. even. I'm a big Batman fan, but I'm not even talking about the Batman shit. The, the first movie that I saw from him was Memento. That yeah. shit gonna blow your fucking mind. <laughs> that shit is crazy. Right, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna check it out. Make sure you take it. I'm gonna text yeah, you that. Yeah, and yeah. David Fincher. If you like crime, like how Tarantino be getting in his crime bag. Yeah. That nigga to me is the master of crime yeah. movies. Like with like Seven and Zodiac. Shit is crazy. Seven got Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. I seen Seven. Shit is That's nuts. His shit? Yeah, That's his shit. shit. Yeah, no. If, shit if you fuck with that, check out Zodiac. I'm going to text you all this. But yeah. next rapid fire question we got. If you get a feature from anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Damn, dead or alive. You can, and if you want, you can give me a dead person and an alive person. Mm. If I could get a feature from anybody, dead or alive, I'll say my Sade and um, what's my dead person? Prince or some shit. We'll make some fire shit. A bop. <laughs> Turn this bitch up. That'd be fire. <laughs> the Sade shit would be hard. You be getting your, you getting your, t- you talk shit bag. Yeah, I'll be getting, I'll get in the bag. I'll get in the bag. Hell yeah. 100%. You got a favorite TV show? TV show. I'm I'm big on movies than TV shows. TV been real bullshit lately, bro. See, you, I'm mad I can't stop watching Power. See? And I, like, I'm just too far in this shit. But that shit is trash. That shit trash. <laughs> yeah. No, that you, shit that had shit. one good episode. <laughs> that shit is, 
That shit had a good pilot. <laughs> 50 Wild. I'm, I'm not even lying. I like the first season. I, I ain't lying. Yeah, I, I'm going to keep it real. The first season, I was fucking with it. I was yeah, I was, it wasn't it heavy. But nah, man, you got to check out like fucking Watchmen was hard. And that was all like black people I started people the shit. Watchmen. I couldn't finish the Watchmen. Uh, TV shows that I'll go back and watch. I like um, I like a lot of HBO series. That me too. Um, the Wire's my shit. I'm gonna say shit. The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, Fire. Vice Principals. Hilarious. That shit is dry. I'm a Danny I'm McBride. Fan. I like Westworld. I'm waiting for the new season of that shit to come out. Fire. That shit a mind fuck. Uh, um, and then now they about to go into human put world. Me on Breaking Bad. And I'm not through it that, but that's my shit. Nah, I watched that shit like two, three times. I started Better Call So I like Weeds. I seen that. You like how it ended? I mean, yeah, I fuck with it. It came to it was it was time. That was the show that ended good. It ended better than Game of Thrones. Facts. Oh my goodness. You know Big facts. Saying? Season like, eight of Game of Thrones had me pissed off every week. Way better than Game of Everything Thrones. Everything they set up, they just threw out the window. It's see, I'm type, like when I find a good series, I fuck with it, I rewatch that shit. You know what I mean? Like That's how I'm I, the I wire that. I watched a shit ton of Yeah, I watched and, that and even shit the, the season that niggas say they don't fuck with the second season, the doc season, I kinda fuck with that one. Like I think the weakest season is five. Uh, which one was that? That's the that's the that's the ending season where um shit is the it's not the politics one, it's not the school it's the one right after the politics one. Right after the nigga run for mayor and now he elected. Oh the uh the, the white man? Yeah, he elected at that uh, point. Mayor Tom It's the dude from Game of Thrones too. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah Lil Finger. Yep. Yeah. Man, that's that's the, crazy. That's the fifth that's the fifth season. Yeah. I, don't I feel like that's that the weakest one when they had the open Amsterdam. Wait, no. Amsterdam was the one when they was running for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one at, like, after when it was. Yeah, it's yeah. after. After he, once he was elected. Yeah. That's the one that's, because Amsterdam had the one with the school plot, and that shit kind of touched my heartstrings, but that's when they first introduced the kids. Weakest season to me was probably the newsroom season. We, that's the, that's season five. Okay. That's okay, the news. That's yeah, that's the one. When it was in I the, just I couldn't remember the the uh public like works they went yeah. behind. Yeah, I ain't fuck with that one. I hate that Yeah, that no. We're talking about the same one. That's yeah. the weakest fucking one. But like everything else, masterpiece. And you see like all the the different actors that came from that. Crazy. Idris Elba was that nigga in that bitch. Bro, like, Idris Elba, Michael B. Jordan came from yes, there. Yes, bro. Like that like, shit fucked my head up. That shit, that shit was hard. Wood Harris, like I, like, I, I think Wood Harris is one of those black actors we don't give enough props to. Yeah, we don't give, we don't give him enough credit. He a good actor, bro. And like he, he really got some good interviews. He be speaking some real shit. Yeah, I fuck you with Wood Harris. No, one hundred percent. Fuck with him. Let me see what else I got for you, cause I ask favorite food. If it's not, it don't have to be Cajun. Just favorite food in general. Favorite food in general, um, it had to be like something out the ocean. Crab legs. Oh, yeah, fuck with Crab you. legs. Boy, seafood is my Crab shit. legs. You got a place you go? You got a spot? Be our spot for the people? I'm going to say real talk. Crab Queens over there by LSU got some good crab legs. And if you ever just at the La Burge, at the casino. That's, yeah. On a Friday. Go and get them crab legs, bro. Like, I'll tell you, that's the two spot. How you like living in BR with the whole LSU situation, like with traffic and shit? That shit that <laughs> you shit. feel like it's that bad? Yeah, I do. Like, is that just a know. myth? It shit not that bad. Like with the contraflow and all that shit? Oh, yeah, contraflow, but that should be a couple I don't hours. even know what that shit means. <laughs> it's like they direct traffic. You can only get out. Okay. You can't get in. Okay, but like, real. Um... That shit good. I mean, that shit is that should only be a couple hours, 
But it's just the time. Sometimes it be fucked up hours. But nine times out of ten, you gonna make sure you somewhere where you posted up. Yeah, where you gotta be. If you on that side, and that's just you know, that's just in like around LSU. You not around LSU, ain't no country. Ain't no problem. Okay, one hundred percent. You're the writer, director, producer to the Trey Lewis movie. We ask this to everybody. How you want it to end? Damn. And it could be any way. I've I've gotten answers where people like. I hold just want to. Okay, all right, for sure. I just feel like the end of my movie, that bitch ain't never go in. I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be a trilogy because somebody else. I don't know. All right. It's gonna live. I'm gonna do something that lasts forever. I feel. And it's gonna carry on. Yeah, it's just gonna carry on. Fuck with that. That's yeah. a that's an original answer. I ain't never got that one. Even when my shell gone, like even when it's you know, it's gonna last. It's gonna last. One hundred percent. Thank you, Trey, for coming on, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Hey, for sure. Me too, bro. I'm, I had fun shopping those with you for real. No, this real, shit was bro. fire. Tell the people they can send find... me the movies. I, like, no bullshit. No, send I'm not gonna. Bitches. I'm gonna send, send you that before I, before I leave. Uh, tell the people they can find you on social media. Tell them where they can get the project because oh. I really want to help. I'm Trey Lewis, wherever you stream, T-R-E-L-O-U-I-S. I'm the real Trey on everything. I-M-T-H-E-R-E-A-L-T-R-E. And yeah, fuck with me. You'll find this stuff Apple Music, Spotify. Oh, yeah. Like I said, wherever you stream, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, YouTube. And look, ladies and gents, everybody I bring on here, I'm a fan of what they do. I like what they do. Let me say, yeah. That's I rephrase I, I phrase that the wrong way. Everybody I bring on here, I like what they do, and I wouldn't bring anybody on here that I wouldn't think would be good for you guys to hear and to take away something, whether it's a business, whether it's their music. But this dude, I only say this about a few of the people I bring on. This dude is really talented at what he does, and I definitely support his his movement, his music, and I definitely think you you people out there should after you hear this. Go check out some Trey Lewis music if you haven't already because he the real deal. Real deal, Holyfield. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. I appreciate you again for having me, man. This was dope. Anytime. Next yeah. album, we're going to chop it yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. We're going to do it after I drop these next couple. You know what I mean? I got the next tape, the next uh, big project after these, you know, seven song projects. Drop his valleys. Before yeah. we get out of here, because just real quick, I think that's interesting. Why, why seven songs? That's what I forgot to ask you. I don't know. I usually work in threes. Okay. I usually do like three, six. That's why I, I don't know. It's just like you see the one, three, six. Is it easier to digest? Because nah, we got three. I just fuck with that's my number. That okay. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's just my number. But and, I, and then two, I feel like the way people consume music nowadays, it's not like, you know, I appreciate that shit because I like music, but it's like I could listen to a seven minute song and be fucking happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's not it's not that's not it no more. You know what I mean? Like, you know your average song on the radio down to two and a half minutes at most. Facts. So it's like, you know As a as a creative, like a creative creative, does that fuck you up? No, nah, because I still make that shit too. Yeah. <laughs> you know fuck the niggas, yeah. Like, it's just different shit I'm gonna throw in your face. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I'm gonna still put it out there for the people that do appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he's the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Trey, again for coming on. Let's jump into bros who ball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time in the podcast called Bros Who Ball, where we talk sports. And joining me as always, Mr. Adam Schubert. Shuby, how you doing, brother? Doing pretty well, Lyndon. Really excited to talk some sports. I've been listening to a lot of people talk a lot of BS on the radio, so I really <laughs> need to like right some wrongs about the Saints. 
Ooh, okay, okay. Speaking of saints, our guy Julian dropped an article today, which we will talk about on the pod. Mr. Julian Navarre, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Excited to excited, excited for the All-Star game, man. Ready for that dunk contest. Ooh, we'll talk about that because, like, I don't know if I'm hyped for that. But, uh, yeah, man, doing well, ready to pod, and let's get into it. Before we get to the NBA, Julian, I want to talk to you about your article about should Drew Brees retire. Last week, I made the bold prediction that he was that we were going to get a new quarterback. You don't. You think he's going to be back, but you do think he should be retired. Just talk a little bit about what you wrote, and then me and Schubert will give our comment, our thoughts on it. Sure, man. Uh, so this week, today, I released an article. Uh, you know, explaining why I believe that Drew Brees should retire. Uh, you know, I said I mentioned that he does great during the regular season. He always impresses during the regular season. Every time you watch Drew Brees play during the regular season. You wonder how is he, you know, 40 years old, still able to produce this well. But for some reason, every time Saints enter the postseason, he doesn't play well at all, and he looks like a whole different quarterback. And, uh, you know, I just explained that that's something that's going to continue to happen, and he should retire while, you know, his legacy is still good and whatnot. Um, and it would do the Saints a lot of good if he retired right now, so they're going to hurry up, you know move on with Teddy Bridgewater instead of lose him to free agency. And they could hold it together for the next few years while they still have a roster that can contend for a championship. Those are just a few of the things that I talk about in my article. And just, I really dive into maybe a few numbers of why I, should, why I think Drew Brees should retire. And so some of the things that I use my eye test and my objectivity, you know, to point out to the faithful Saint fans who can't see these things, you know, arm strength and things like that. I point point out little things like that to, you know, just show the faithful Saints fans certain things that he has been declining on and why it's been, you know, a detriment to the team. You definitely paint the picture with the numbers. Got to give you props for that. The facts were in there. It's a very well-written piece. You guys should check it out. And and I, I think I, I agree with you because I did predict last week that we would have a new quarterback. You disagree on that point, but I do agree with you that I think he should retire because it's just it's it's downhill. He can't throw the long ball. The numbers back it up. He's just doing dink and dumps. And the Saints, when it comes to those playoff games, need someone who can throw bombs and, and spread the ball across different areas of the field, not just 10 to 15, 20 yards max. Like, and Drew just has shown a decline in the playoffs. Yeah, the regular season wins are there. He still has it to a certain extent, but he's not the elite-level quarterback that the Saints do need. Schubert, any thoughts before we move to the NBA? Oh, yeah, dude's got to go, man. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, this, I, what I was hearing on the radio today is people being like, oh, well, you know, Drew Brees, like, he doesn't want to end on, on, on this bad playoff loss. And I'm like, okay, so he's going to come back and have a bad playoff loss. So, I mean, like, you're never going to have the perfect happy ending. You just got to know when what you're doing is the same old, same old, and you're running into the same cycle. Because at the end of the day, it every one of those Saints losses came from Drew Brees not performing in the playoffs. Maybe it's time. So let give give the Saints a chance to move on. You know, I, do, I do agree. I think Teddy Bridgewater would be the guy to move on with. He's the guy that you can win with right now. Um, but if that... If he goes elsewhere and you want to do the Taysom Hill project, I don't think it's as crazy of a thing as some people are starting to say out there. And the one argument that people make about how, oh, well, Teddy Bridgewater was 
the quarterback for those five games instead of Taysom Hill. Well, of course he was because Teddy Bridgewater is the more stable breeze like quarterback. And if you want to do that five weeks with Taysom Hill, you would have to switch the whole offense. Facts. It's like Taysom Hill could work and he could be a franchise guy. You're just going to have to formulate a new kind of offense. It's going to be like you're going to have to start over. But if you want to win and be competitive with the guys that you have, because you still have a good core group that could Very still compete at a high level, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely your guy. If, you know, Taysom Hill is an option, and I think that it would still be good for the Saints if they could retain him if Breeze stays. But th- that's going to have to be a, a, a totally reformulating a team before yeah. they can really do any of that. Yeah, I'm, 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 behind, I'm behind Teddy Bridgewater, but you go ahead, Julian. Well, Shubra, I'll add to this. Simply put, if Taysom Hill was better than Teddy Bridgewater, he would have been starting last year during those five years. Screw, you know, reconfiguring the offense. If he, if he was a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, he for sure would have been starting. Well, that is not the case, and I trust Sean Payton. Uh, Taysom Hill is a gadget guy. He's, only, he's about to be 30. He's going to be 30 years old at the start of the season. Like I said, if he was that good of a quarterback, other teams would have known about it and taken a chance on him rather than let him play on the Saints for the past few years. So I don't think – I think Sean Payton's doing some sort of media trickery, using the media to boost up the value of Sean, of uh, Taysom Hill in order to get, like, a second-round draft pick for him so they could trade him in free agency and uh, sign Teddy Bridgewater for the long haul, maybe, you know, like a three-year deal or something like that. And Teddy's but, 27, so, I mean, exactly. youth, youth is on his side. He He's not mobile in a sense of Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Deshaun Jackson, but he's mobile enough to get and do some things to, to if the pocket collapses, he can escape. I would like to retain Taysom if we do retain Bridgewater and Breeze leaves because I would like to keep that gadget guy for certain things, but if it's going to start a controversy, then, yeah, trade him, get, trade him while his value's at its highest and see what you can get in this draft. But it also, seems like it's going to cause a controversy. It, that's seems, what it, it seems like. He's gone about playing football now. <laughs> yeah, so. no, it, it's already making waves on the blogosphere, and people are like, we got to sign Taysom Hill. And then there's the Teddy faction, and then there's the Breeze can do it for three more years faction. The, and I, this those is, people are crazy. Those people are dude, the worst. This dude gets one Colin Cowherd interview in the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, he thinks he can be a franchise quarterback. Hey, man. <laughs> Look, let Taysom do his thing. He got to give him his props in that playoff game. He's the only person who completed a, a bomb pass. So he's the reason why we was even in that damn game. Maybe he can sure. do it. I'm not going to hate on him. Like, I, but, you know, we'll see. I don't I don't think he could do it anywhere else. So I don't know about this <laughs> idea of, like, oh, Taysom Hill might sign somewhere else. Well, we'll if Taysom Hill signed anywhere else, like, they're not going to give him the same opportunity. I think it's because of his relationship with Sean Payton that, he has any of the success that he has. Ooh, damn, you're saying favoritism. Okay, well, we're going to see what happens come <laughs> next season. But let's jump to the NBA. I want to – well, let's start with the Pels. We'll start with the Pelicans. Julian, uh, Pelicans won last night against uh, – or two nights ago by the time people hear this – against the Portland tra- Trailblazers, and Dame Lillard was on fire for like 40 points, 50 points, couple, like four or five games before that. Drew Holiday shut him down to a mere – <laughs> 20 points, and I know people are going to be like, 20 points, but no, 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 no. He shut him down for 20 points. I think Dame went like 6 of 16 and was just looking uncomfortable all night. Uh, Julian, do you want to attribute any of that to Drew Holiday? 
Yeah, Drew Holiday has always been known playing great defense, and he's always played great defense on Dame Lillard. I never had a problem with Drew Holiday's defense. I've always, you know, congratulated him and, you know, admired him for his defense. It's the offense. Okay, he played great defense. They won. He scored 16 points. Congrats. Who's to say the next game the Pelicans play, he won't score nine points? My whole problem with Drew Holiday wasn't the defense. It's the inconsistency on offense. Whenever you pay a player $141 million, I want to see some consistency on offense and some efficient scoring. Some days, look, Drew Holiday, my whole thing, he might come tomorrow. He might, the next game the Pelicans may play, he might score 30. He might score 12. I don't know what to expect. That's my whole thing with him. And, you know, another thing with Drew Holiday, it's, I really don't think he's, he's a bad player at all, besides the fact that he's inconsistent, that's frustrating. I just think he doesn't fit with the Pelicans well. I think he belongs on a team full, a veteran team full of veteran players that can maximize his his ability. The Pelicans are not that team for him. The Pelicans have a bunch of young players who are still trying to figure it out. Drew Holiday is already established. You know you, what you're gonna get from just just put him, just find a way to put him on the regular on a you know on a, on a team that that for sure will go to the playoffs. I'm sure they'll try to move him in the offseason because right now with the money and things like that, it probably wouldn't the best fit. But yes, My- you know, a round of applause for Drew Holiday. He held Dame to 20 points. Dame had 20 points. Some, some Drew Holiday numbers. But I'll defend Dame. Of course, Dame and was, Dame was minus out. 16. Yeah, well, of course, Dame was going to burn out. I mean, he's not James Harden. He can't go on a tear for that long. He's the only one carrying his team. But, you know, I can't make that many excuses for him. I did expect better, but every time Drew Holiday plays Dame, he does put the clamps on him. I just want to hear that. Give him, give, get the clamps there on him. And, and, uh, but I will say, I, I, I'm still hesitant to where, whether or not we should get rid of him. I still need to see if he's willing to take that backseat role and, uh, and, and just be that defender. Because if he wants to just be our lockdown defender, I'm not getting rid of him. Although yeah, Josh Hart... The, is showing why he needs a starting spot. You yeah, can't pay, but you can't pay 141 million to a dude who's just gonna be a defender. That's that the is thing. True it's, it's, it's a money thing. If Drew Holiday was getting paid, had like a 60 million dollar contract, sure, keep him, no problem keeping him. But you can't get paid that much and just play defense and be that inconsistent on offense. That's my thing. The contract doesn't add to the production and the value that he's given. No, I'm feeling. I'm, I feel that. And like I said, Josh Hart is has been balling. A lot. Schubert, I want to ask the question and start the discussion. Should Zion Williamson, if he continues his play, get rookie of the year over John Morant? I don't know, man. I think that's tough because, what, he's only played nine games so far. But, Jesus, these nine games. Schubert, like, last night he went 31, five assists, nine rebounds. And and the question is, if Zion Williamson gets the Pelicans to the eighth in the playoffs. That's what I was about to say. I was like, at the end of the day, if Zion Williamson brings a team that was second to last in the league, and brings them to the eighth seed of the playoffs, then there's then you have to give it to him. But I mean, if it's a, it's the other way around, and John Moran gets to the playoffs, I think John Moran deserves to go because both of those teams were nobodies. Like I mean, Facts. they were terrible last year. So the fact that either one of them could bring them to the playoff does the one who does deserves the trophy. Julian, what you think about that? Um, I don't think so. Just on account of John Moran has probably played like what thirty something more games. And Zion, I know Zion's doing great, you know, on this tear. I do think the Pelicans, talent-wise, are a better team than the Memphis Grizzlies. 
But, um, you know, I just can't see someone sitting out that many games, you know, due to injury and whatnot, and come back and win rookie of the year. Also, you said Zion had 31 points last night. I think John Morant had his first triple-double earlier this week. All right, well, so, let me so, give some stats so for both, both of them. Doing, you know, good things and whatnot. Facts? Well, no, I'm not, I'm not also, changing John Morant. you got to put into account that the whole um, – NBA world is, you know, sucking Zion's, you know, D. So they're definitely going to give it to him. Look, bro, John Moran has played 47 games. He's averaging 17, 7, 1 steal, and uh, 3.5 rebounds. Let's look at Zion. Zion is averaging 21 points, uh, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, and he's only played 9 games. I, like Schubert said, I'm of the belief that if he takes the Pelicans to the playoffs, that dude deserves it, man. Like, I don't care if he's played 20-something games, 30-something games by the time we get to the playoffs. If he does it and maintains a 20-something point average and in a, in a almost 10-point rebound average, that dude is a monster, bro. Like, I, I understand John Morant looks good, but what I've been seeing from Zion and I haven't said this anywhere because I don't want to jinx the Pelicans or anything, but it's possible that in two, three years, once this kid gets his stuff together, we might have the best player in the league in New Orleans. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the same thing before. I, look, I, this is different. Schubert, you know he's different than AD. Well, he's got a different demeanor. He uh, carries they still, got, they still got the same, the same old, you know, don't play all season. But I'm just saying, well, we don't know that yet. We, we got to give that dude another season before we call him glass. But I will say, when the going gets tough in games and you're down, when we had Anthony Davis, it was like, oh, well, let's turn this game off. This shit over with. Zion Williamson says, fuck that. Now I'm about to ball out. Like, that dude wills the team to victory some nights. I mean, yeah, he does a really good job. I, he, and he's exciting to watch, and he's got good energy, and it's going to be good for New Orleans. Uh, he gets, it's all going to be get a jump shot. It's over with. Yeah, I, I think when it comes down to him getting the trophy, since he is like such the media darling, he really needs to have some big moments and some big games on TV. Like, let's say he like you know makes the last shot for, uh, for a game, or if he has a big, you know, he needs like a big moment shot or a big moment, uh, you know, hook or some you know scoring play or block. Something that's like you can go back and be like, oh, remember that? Like he totally needs to be rookie of the year. Julian, I want to bring it to you about my point about Zion potentially being the best player in three years, four years. Uh, I was watching some old Charles Barkley footage, and I and I bring this to you because I know you're an NBA hardwood classic kind of guy. He he looks like Barkley, man. He does. He really like he looks like a raw Charles Barkley. Yeah, I mean, no. He does, and probably two inches or inch, no, about two inches taller than Charles Barkley. Facts. Look, all, all those things make facts. You know, you speak in facts, makes a whole bunch of sense. But to be the probably the best player in the NBA within the next three years, I don't think he'll ever be the, the best player in the NBA. Uh, not when you have Giannis taking over. I think Ben Simmons is really, I don't think he'll be the best, but, you know, they got a lot of players that he has to step in front of, and I just don't think that he's that guy. Could he be a top 10 player? Absolutely. But the best? I don't know about that. I mean, you, I, I can't see Zion carrying a franchise deep in the playoffs by himself. 
I, I can't see him doing something like that. I feel like he would always have to have a decent team around him. I can't see him taking a franchise and bringing them, you know, deep into the playoffs. You know, so that's my thing on Zion. I think he'll be a top 10 player, no doubt, in the league. Maybe a top five at one point. But as far as the best, I, I can't go ahead and say that after watching nine games. Maybe yeah. it's the hype, man. Maybe I'm feeling the it hype. Is and... You are feeling the hype. It's okay. And it's because but... he's a New Orleans Pelican. But he looks like I'm. I'm going. You. You're a proponent of the eye test. And from what I'm seeing, if this kid could ever shoot the ball, no big man can stay in front of him, and no small dude is gonna take the pounding he's gonna give him. Now the thing is, I do agree that he does need a a, a decent team, but everybody does. Giannis needs a, a his wingman. Uh, Luka Doncic needs a person behind him. Those are the only two guys that I think, at this point, in terms of young dudes, that have a definite edge over Zion for best player. As At this point right now, if we're talking the young core group, we're not talking the Kawhis, the ADs, those people. Which I, like Giannis I agree with, and I think Luka as well. But if B.I. can become a great scorer, and I think he has the best wingman he could ever ask for in Lonzo Ball, and if Lonzo Ball gets his shit together, my goodness, those people will elevate Zion's star. So I maybe four years is a little ambitious, but I I expect within five to seven years this kid might be the best player in the NBA, and that that's just how I feel about it. If I'm wrong, we'll see. But you know I'm I'm, I'm rooting yeah. for you, Zion. You can we'll see if he's in New Orleans in that. Very, um, we'll see yeah, that. And then oh my gosh, yeah, don't blame him. If it look put it this way, Landon, if he leaves New Orleans, if he finds a way to leave New Orleans, know that he he won't be the first because Baron Davis left. Chris Paul left. Y'all are already trying to left. kick him out the building when he loves this place. Like, let, let's give the guy a, sh- a chance, man, before we are kicking him out the door. Sure, but I, I know why you're saying it, because you're trying to get him to the Knicks. Fuck out of here. Hey, with RJ, trying but to anyway. get him to the Knicks with R.J. Barrett's trash ass. Fuck out of here. Barrett's terrible, and he won't amount to anything in the NBA. But yes. I'll tell you this. The past two games, Brandon, Brandon Ingram did not play during the Pacers, right? No, he did not. You notice how good they played the past two games? Oh, my God. Here we go. with the. No, it's not. Okay, I, I had this conversation with someone who knows basketball very well. We agree on the same thing. Brandon Ingram is a good player. But fit-wise with the Pelicans, he sucks. Look, whenever before Zion came, he sucked a lot of the offense. When Zion came, he, he relieved some of his scoring duties, you know, because he had to share the ball a little bit. But now that he's been hurt the past two games, Zion has looked great. The offense has been flowing better. Okay? Brandon Ingram, I'm going to put him similar to Carmelo Anthony in his prime. Carmelo Anthony was great. A great scorer. Love to watch him. Fun to watch. But whenever the ball goes to him, the momentum and the rotation and the ball movement comes to a halt. The type of player that Lonzo is, he plays in rhythm. The type of player that, that Zion is, Zion plays in rhythm. You see, Zion had 31 points without having the offense being run through him. He gets the ball in, in a rotation and momentum. You know what I'm saying? The ball doesn't come to him and stop like it does with Brandon Ingram. He gets the ball in transition. That's how Lonzo plays. Lonzo plays well like that. Zion plays well like that. A lot of players in the NBA play well like that. That's how you get role players to start clicking. Okay, but whenever the ball comes to Brandon Ingram, it stops. So I'm, that's just I'm a thing to look out for. Just look, go ahead and think about that and look at it the next over the course. Whenever Brandon Ingram's watch, watch the flow and the rotation of the offense, and you will see a difference. 
I'm not I'm saying just, that. I'm going to disagree with because I think the first two got games with Zion, he was getting to play with him. I think as they've grown, Brandon Ingram is one of those dudes when, yes, the ball may come to a stop, but that's only when they're in the half-court set because it has to come to him because no one else on that team can give me the ball, let me go score when the half-court set. When, when they're fast-paced moving, he's a passer, willing passer. He's been great in the pick-and-roll with favors. I, I'm going to disagree with that as of now. We'll see as Zion progresses and they grow as a as a trio between him and Lonzo. But we'll see. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll revisit that in a little bit. I want to ask, Shuby, do you think the Raptors are real or are they fake? They're sitting at 40 and 15, and they're winning games, man. Uh, well, they're a team that won a title. They definitely have confidence and, you know, feel like they can be competitive. Um, I see them as being a team that could reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I don't think they're a championship team. All right. All right. Julian, but how do you? Oh, they're go good. Ahead. They're good. How do you feel about the Raptors, Julian? Are they real or are they fake? They're real. I just don't think they can win a championship. They're really one superstar away. And, you yeah. know, whenever you think of the Raptors, you want to laugh. And whatnot. I was like, oh, how are they doing that right now? You come to realize that Kyle Lowry will be an all star this year, and Pascal Siakam is an all star. They have a full fledged team and a great coach. Their team is deep. Um, whenever someone's out, they could, you know, they plug and play. They play well together. This team knows each other very well. Last year, when Kawhi was out with load managing, they went 17 and four without Kawhi. So this team went to the Eastern Conference Finals the year before Kawhi got there. So this is a very good team. They're deep. They're, I mean, they're kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder, but a little bit better. You know, just a deep team waiting for a superstar to come and elevate them to a, you know, to a championship. So that doesn't surprise me that they're doing that well. Kyle Lowry, he's very good in the regular season. Pascal yep. Siakam is emerging. Nick Nurse has proven himself to be a great coach already. So, um, I mean, just look at the players they have. They have defense. They have size. They have speed. You know, they have veteran players. The whole team is full of veterans except Pascal Siakam, and he's surrounded by, by veterans. And Fred Van Viet, you know, he comes clutch in big moments. He came out of nowhere. So it's just a well-rounded team. Look, I think the Raptors, I agree with both of y'all. I think I, I agree with you too, Shuby, to the extent of I think they're a team that could potentially make it to an Eastern Conference final, but – before I can say they make it to a final, it depends on Pascal Siakam because he has taken the role of I'm going to fill Kawhi Leonard's 25 points per game and everybody else has taken like from Fred Van Vliet to OG Ananubi to uh, Norman Powell. They they do it by committee of filling Pascal's points where Kyle Lowry still does his thing and that's why it's been able to work right now. The question is, Pascal Siakam was... The reason why they won last year in the finals was not because of Pascal Siakam. He looked lost at times. He's a young player. Can he overcome that and be rise above that to where if they run a defense and slow so, solely lock in on him, can he still get his points? And if he can't, that's where I see the Toronto Raptors losing. But if he can, who knows what happens with this Toronto Raptors team because they're long, they get at it, and they're scrappy, and they don't quit. I think they're real to an extent. I don't think they're real enough to win an NBA championship, but I think they're real enough to make some noise in the playoffs. Looking forward to see what the Raptors can do. Real quick, last week I had to put an amendment in the pod for the for the uh for the uh trade deadline and I wanted to get you guys' thoughts this week on it. D'Angelo Russell to the Memphis, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Does that move the needle at all? Shoot me, I'll start with you. 
Well, I think the other side of that trade is more interesting. Andrew Wiggins to the to the Warriors because of what that could possibly mean if you put him with Draymond, Steph, and Clay. I mean, I think that gives you very similar to those Warriors teams that were going to the titles before Kevin Durant. Um, I I would say Andrew Wiggins is as good as Andre Iguodala, so I got to plug him into that group. Of course, it doesn't fix all the Warriors' woes, but it definitely kind of adds that big presence to their team for the – for the T-Wolves, who cares? They suck. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, my thing is, I think D'Angelo Russell and Car Anthony Towns can give us a good dynamic duo. And with uh, people like Culver around, young players, I think they can grow. I think there's no more excuse for Carl Anthony Towns now. He has to play because if he doesn't, it's like, all right, bro, now you have your best friend. And this may lead to Devin Booker going to Minnesota because let's not forget Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell said they all want to play together. That's a potential in the future. Who knows? Maybe these guys can get their own super team going. But I do agree with I, you. I don't think he's as good as Iguodala, but I was gonna I thought you were gonna say Harrison Barnes because that's what I was gonna say. He's he's better than sure. Harrison Barnes, if not as good. I think, like you said, it doesn't solve all the Warriors' woes, but they definitely need to add some things, but they're in the right direction because I think it works for both sides and what you're saying, because at the end of the day, it was a culture deal. Like, I feel like um, this helps the Warriors because now Andrew Wiggins is at a place where he feels like he he wants to play at and it, like, I guess fits his persona. And now you have D'Angelo Russell with his friend um, in a situation where he needs to, uh, where he plays a larger role on a team that's, that uh, actually not contending. They're doing one. They're only one ahead of the Warriors. So I mean, it was uh, for next year. It it's more so trade. for them. It's more so for them for next year. Sure. Can they make it to the playoffs? Uh, Julian, do you have any thoughts on either the Timberwolves getting D'Angelo Russell or Andrew Wiggins going to the Warriors? Yeah, I do. Um, Andrew Wiggins going to the Warriors is probably the best thing for his career. Um, Time and time again, we have seen over the past few years that the Minnesota Timberwolves are, I don't want to call them a dysfunctional franchise because they do have a lot of talented players. Nas nah, called reason, it because they want to call the Pelicans that. Yeah, and why don't they fucking move to Seattle? Shit. Yeah. Well, Trash. you're right. But I don't, I, I don't really understand how they have done so poorly with so much talent on their team. I mean, if you sit down and think about it, this team – has no reason not being in the playoffs the past few years with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and a whole bunch of Jimmy Butler and a whole bunch of other players on the team. Tom Thibodeau, a vet, a proven veteran coach. And I'm sitting here scratching my head wondering why they can't go to the playoffs. I don't know what it is. Maybe it, maybe it's Carl Anthony Towns. But Golden State always seems to get the best out of every player. They're going to get the best out of Andrew Wiggins. And I think Andrew Wiggins is going to elevate his game to make everyone Scratch your head and say, "Man, Minnesota really got rid of him. Maybe they, maybe he just needed another year." No, it's something. I think he fits better in Golden State. I think he'll be like Harrison Barnes, but way better. That's what I'm you thinking. Know? I think yeah. he's going to be the one to fill to replace Draymond Green. Would be a better Draymond Green. And whenever they, you know, because I believe they're going to get rid of Draymond soon. As far as the Minnesota Timberwolves with D'Angelo Russell going over there. There's a reason why whenever you were in grade school, your teacher wouldn't let you sit next to your best friend. No production would get done. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, they damn. Won, they haven't won yet with D'Angelo Russell. I think they're 0-2 since he has gotten there. 
it's not going to make a difference. And if Devin Booker goes over there, it'll probably be the saddest thing <laughs> that you'll ever see in basketball. Three best friends playing together. Nothing's going to happen. It'll probably ruin their friendship, to be honest. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, I think next year is the is the time for us to judge the T-Wolves. But they did lose to – oh, man, they lost to the Hornets. Every every year is going to be next year. This was supposed to be the year that was supposed to be good. Last year was supposed to be the year that All right, was but look, let me say this. Carl Towns didn't play. Carl Anthony Towns. I think – I don't know what his problem is. He is so talented. But you know what? He's not even half of what Joel Embiid is. So – I don't know. I don't know what to say. I know they're in the West, but I mean, what do you want me to say with this team? It, it's a disappointment. They hadn't been to the playoffs in how long? And it's the time that they went, they were swept. It makes no sense with that much talent on that team and that much youth as well with the coaches and the players that they have had. So Minnesota Timberwolves, look, if LeBron James went to the T-Wolves, they'd probably ruin his legacy. Okay, I don't know that that team is just cursed. I, I think it's a team. I have no idea what it is. It Every no star sense. player that leaves there wins a title. <laughs> For real? Funny. Yeah. Is that like Garnett? Love? Damn. Wow. I wonder if Jimmy's gonna win it. Let's. Oh, Miami. We'll see what's up with him. He got to get healthy. But uh, all right. The other thing I want to have to talk about trade deadline. The Rockets are going full small. They got rid of Clint Capella and they're starting PJ Tucker and Covington. Do we like the move? They won. They beat the Lakers. Like, do we think this will work in the playoffs? I'll start with you, Julian, since I started with you the last time. Uh, No, it will not work in the playoffs. And I understand their idea. Whenever you go small, you force the other teams to play small ball. Okay? The Rockets are not a team that you want to play small ball with. Okay? That's probably the last team, other than the Golden State Warriors, if healthy, that you really want to play small ball with because of the ability of James Harden and Russell Westbrook to score. However, whenever it comes to the playoffs, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are often tired, and I expect them to be tired this year because they're tired every year because they have to carry the whole load of the team. And so I think that's interesting to- because, let me, not to cut you off, but Steve Nash did an interview with The Ringer, and I listened to it for Bill Simmons' Book of Basketball podcast, and Steve Nash was talking about why when he looked back at those games that he played, he was great in the regular season, but because by the time they were playing so fast and he was required to do so much for that team, by the time they got to the playoffs, he was often always drained. And I think that's the thing with about Mike D'Antoni's system. Even though Russell Westbrook may be there to help take the burden off of Harden for a little bit, he has a lot of usage rate in the regular season almost as much as Harden. So I don't know if those dudes will be able to maintain come the, the playoffs. Now you can continue, Julian. I just wanted to add that little nugget because Steve Nash no, definitely talked about that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Whenever it comes time for the playoffs, they can't. They can still score as much as it's not as efficient. They have to take more shots. They're, they're hitting the side of the rim. They're hitting the front of the rim. You know, they're shooting off. And, you know, whenever the defense comes, teams actually play defense. You know, the defense turns up. You can't pull that fast stuff that you normally do that they're so used to pulling. And Russell Westbrook, the way he plays, he he's burnt out by April because he plays so hard, and I hate it because he doesn't. Russell Westbrook, you can say whatever you want about him, but you can't say he cheats you out of a game. He will always give you one hundred percent maximum effort, and that's what I love about Russell Westbrook. Whenever it comes time for the playoffs, you know he, he's often tired, and James Harden too because he has to carry a team. The best thing for this team, and I hate to say this, if James Harden and Russell Westbrook get a minor injury, injury that holds them out for three to four weeks, somewhere around March, that'd be the best thing for this team. 
if they're still able to sneak into the playoffs because so they can sit out back well rested. That's exactly what they need because they're going to be drained by them. And you know I, what? I hate it because they they play they play the game the right way with so much heart. And they, they never cheat you. They never cheat you. And, you know, it just sucks that they can't be rewarded because of that. Schubert, how do you feel about the small ball Rockets? Uh, first round out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, let's be serious. This is the West. Like, there's so many teams that are better than them. The Lakers, the Clippers. I feel okay, like so... if they matched up with the Nuggets, they would lose. The Jazz. I feel like if the Ma- I feel like the Mavericks would beat them. Like, Right you know, now, they would play especially the with Especially with what Julian's saying. If we get to the playoffs, and they're going to have to go up against one of these teams that has depth, that has size. I, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that through that first playoff series. So their first round out, if they make it in, like, like Julian also said. Like, there's also a possibility that the Thunder and the Mavericks and the Grizzlies and maybe the Pelicans, you know, could all get better than the Rockets if they keep progressing or not progressing deep going downward. So we'll see I how think it goes Rockets will make it. I think they'll, I actually have faith in the Rockets now that they're fully small. Cause now they have cut. And I like the addition of Covington because Covington is an actual, uh, a third, fourth option behind Eric Gordon. I, I do think they're still lacking some depth. I, I'm not going to say first-round exit because if they play the Jazz right now, the Jazz aren't looking good. Mike Conley isn't working with Donovan Mitchell, and I think they could at least get past the Jazz, but I think they'll lose in that next round. But anybody not name the Jazz that they're playing, yeah, they might be in trouble first round. But If they played the Clippers, if they played the Clippers that would be a six- or seven-game series. That's all I got to say because they, they, Clippers aren't that big, and you can't stop those two from scoring. Oh, I don't know about that. You put put PG on on uh on old Russ or no Patrick Beverly on old Russ and put PG on Harden and let Kawhi sh- shade. I don't they're, know, they're bro. They're gonna score though. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you can't stop them from scoring. It might be less efficient. You can't stop them from scoring. And let's not talk about playoff Paul George. We can save that for later. <laughs> Leave playoff P alone, bro. But uh. Yeah, that's about all we got this week because it's an NBA All-Star game. What do y'all think about the All-Star teams? Giannis can't pick a team to save his life, in my opinion, and Team LeBron's going to win. I'm not really interested in it. Julian said you were hyped for the dunk contest. I'm more hyped for the three-point contest. Even though Clay- Oh, you think he's going to ball out? <laughs> he could jump. People don't know <laughs> we'll that. I noticed that last year. He did a dunk last year. I was like, what? And then they started, then the, you know, the telecast, uh, the broadcasters were like, people don't know this, but like, he was a major league baseball player as well. Dude, was just an athlete. Really? <laughs> well, we're yeah, saying he, this he year's dunk contest, people are going to be Aaron Gordon, Derek Jones, Dwight Howard, and Pat Connaughton. Yo, Pat Connaughton threw one down in the Pelicans game the other day. So that dude is definitely a, a, a superb dunker. So I'm not going to watch it, so I don't really care. But yeah, maybe he'll win. <laughs> You're not going to watch it? No, man, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch three yeah, contests for De- Devontae Graham, Zach Levine, Duncan Robinson, Trey Young, Buddy Heald, Davis Bertans, Joe Harris, and Damian Lillard. I think it's either going to be Joe Harris or Duncan Robinson to win the three-point. I got Aaron Gordon to win the dunk contest because if Aaron Gordon coming back, he gonna, Aaron Gordon's not about to lose They're that robbed. one. Yeah, exactly. And then in the skills challenge between Pat Beverly, DeMontis Sabonis, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, 
Bam Adebayo, Spencer Dinwiddie, Pascal Siakam, and Shea Gilgis. I got either Shea Gilgis or Spencer Dinwiddie winning this. You don't have Pat Beverly that they add fouling in this competition? Did they really? Oh, you're <laughs> making a joke. <laughs> oh, man. And then, but no, I'm excited. I can't believe none of y'all said this. I'm excited to see the rising stars. We got Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Sexton, Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Paschal, P.J. Washington, Zion Williamson, and Trey Young all on a team versus Nikhil Alexander-Walker, DeAndre Ayton, R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis, Rui Hachimura, uh, Sivy Mili- I can't say his last name. I'm going to just say Sivy. And then Josh Akogi. That's going to be a good game. I'm boycotting it for my boy Jackson Hayes. Oh, <laughs> no. Jackson Hayes. Hey, they can suck a dick, man. That <laughs> 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 was dude. Whatever I saw that video, I could not stop laughing. I was like, this dude got some nerve, man. I can't <laughs> believe he literally said that. I can't believe that. I, I thought it had to be fake. It was yeah, real because he had to send an apology. I was like, but then I was like, damn, y'all made him apologize. I wouldn't up. Uh, he didn't have to apologize for that. That shit was funny. That was I can't crazy, believe. Man. Were y'all shocked? I didn't know he had that in him. <laughs> no, no, I, I I was so shocked. That's what I'm saying. Like I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way that this is real. Like how did this guy actually say this? I, my guy is salty because Zion and Nikhil are in the in the, the game, but he, he deserves not. to be in it. He oh, deserves, over Nikhil. Nikhil's playing for the world. Jackson Whatever. Hayes is from America. You gotta, you gotta. Who you taking out? Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Sexton, Jaron Jackson, John. Sexton. But Sexton's a second year. So he ain't playing good at all, man. And he wasn't even supposed to be in it. He got replaced by Tyler Hero. He got he replaced Tyler Hero because Tyler Hero's hurt. Even more Whoa. reason he should he should go. <laughs> so y'all saying Jaron Jackson over? I mean not Jaron. Uh, uh, fucking what's our guy's name? Uh, Jackson Hayes, bro. Jackson Hayes over Colin Sack. Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Jackson Hayes is playing real well. Yeah, I think and, he should have. And you want to see some some highlights and some pizzazz? He'll he'll throw it down. But this is gonna be a fun game. Trey Trey Young, Zion Williamson, John Morant versus Luca, Shea Gilgis, and Nikhil. Because that's the only other big name on the world team. I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton or Brandon Clark. Yeah, forget yeah. those guys. Facts, facts. But I'm going to be watching that. That's on Friday. And then on Saturday, you got the skills three-point and uh, dunk. So we'll see who wins. Who do y'all think is going to win the All-Star game? Team LeBron or Team Giannis? I think Me, Giannis. for not watching. <laughs> you. I think Team Giannis because they're actually going to try. Oh, I, I don't know, Julian. I think Team LeBron about to win this. Yeah, but Team Giannis is going to actually try because they know they're being counted out on. You just watch. <laughs> We'll see. We're going to see next week. But all right, Julian, tell the people they can find you at on social media. Find me on social media at JujuNav, J-U-J-U-N-A-V. Go check out my article. I think this is my best one yet. I'm really proud of it. I'm going to keep promoting it, and I hope you guys do the same. Yeah, y'all go check out Julian's article. It's a really, really good article, I must say. So myself, Schubert, tell the people they can find you at on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram at hubert 14 You can listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast. This week we reviewed Birds of Prey. Um, which, is now named, the Oscars. which is now named Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, pretty much. Yo, the, yeah, oh my, I don't even want to talk about that right now. Yeah, so you can listen to our comments on Birds <laughs> of Prey on the Bros Who Binge this week and also um, our thoughts on what happened to Oscar night. Facts. Um, we're going to watch Parasite this week and talk about that next week. So that that should be fun. 
yeah, I'm excited to talk about Parasite. I hope it's good, man, because if it's not, I'm going to shit on it next week. Oh, it's going to be good. Don't worry. <laughs> I hope so. But shout out to the boy, Joaquin. You can follow me at LinBWT on Twitter. Follow the bros you think at bros you think. Be sure to check out, like Julian said, his article at brosyouthink.com. Check out the most recent episode of Primetime talking about LSU basketball and the Scott Linehan hire. Also, check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk. Uh, real quick before, because I forgot to ask y'all, what do y'all think about that Scott Linehan hire? I thought that was kind of a, ooh, a dicey hire. I'll start with you, Julian, just, just real quick. Yeah, I've seen enough Cowboys games to know that he is not the way. Yeah, uh, that's Especially what as, as a passing games coordinator. I was Good like, God. This you're might about not... to see. You're about to see some vintage LSU. You're going to think Les Miles might have been there. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Schubert, how do you feel about this, man? I feel this, the same way. I mean, I think you know, Ensminger, Ensminger, Scott Linehan, and Coach O are going to go back to the the old ways. I mean, the, I think they're going to try and do a lot of what they did before, but it's just not going to be the same. And you know, they just don't have a quarterback that Joe Burrow was. So it's just going to it's going to be a mess with with when it comes to uh, the offense over there. So uh, we can talk we can talk about LSU was. later, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, see how important Joe Brady was. Yeah, we're gonna see next year, man. Ooh, I thought that was a bad hire when I heard it. If, I was like, Scott if, if there's a lot of like Louisiana people that you know want some insight on what the other camps are thinking, Auburn and Alabama camps are not thinking very highly for LSU next season. Oof, see, yeah, we'll t- we'll talk more about that as we just. I just wanted to get y'all's quick thoughts, but that's all we got this week for Schubert, for Julian, for Doom, for Trey Lewis. My name is Lennon Burton. You guys have a great weekend. Get back to us next Thursday. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hope you see where I'm coming from, this origins. Trey Lewis in the house, so don't forget to pay your mortgages. Yeah, got to find your way because nobody sent the coordinates. Keep my mind aligned. I've been bending through time like Morpheus. I meditate and manifest. Repeat that shit like choruses, yeah. Playing cold as Goldilocks, first pot of porridges. My third eye open, yeah. It kind of look like horses. What goes around comes around. I just watch it orbit and had weight up on my shoulders. Ain't nobody come lift it. I run it up, you running with me. I run out, you go missing. Look, yeah, you don't love me. You just love that I'm litty. I had to learn that more is less than just a little is plenty. Get to the nitty gritty, yeah. Who run this shit like endurance? And see through all you niggas' intentions that ain't the purest. I think about this next line when I need reassurance, yeah. You ain't really with me, you fuck with me for insurance. Big swim, niggas ran from that water, I dived in it, yeah. Was running from my purpose, I finally arrived in it, yeah. Glory over death, God body and God gifted, yeah. They say the top is lonely, I'm bringing my guys with me. That's the one way, keep the click tight, Dundre. Disrespect and gun say, we go ball, no pump fakes. Pockets blue like Bombay, holy flow, no Sunday. Give a fuck about what you chumps say, I'll hit you with the dumb face. Look, I got a text this morning. That reminded me who I used to be A wild little nigga that almost got expelled Cause of truancy If he can see me now He'll be shameful of who he grew to be But I'll just sum it up A reintroduction A newer me The nice guy gone Arresting in pieces To seeking that validation That I never needed From people that mostly know me From some shit that I tweeted Think she forgot she had a nigga Sub me post and deleted But oh well Check in at three Just meet me at the hotel Come out your shell Shit they serving crab legs downstairs one in the air, silk robe, I might walk round bare Standing in the window, feeling like this never gonna fail Check.